Welcome to the MA Roadshow, episode number 306. My name is John Morgan, and Cole Coffee is with me. And I'm not talking about virtually, baby. I'm talking <laughs> about right here with me. We are uh, COVID tested again. Our travels mm-hmm. have all been done. We're back in the rotation. We are within a six-foot ratio. 100% <laughs> way too close to even call it social distancing. But we both tested negative. We've been working today, and we're back at the palatial grounds of the Casa de Cold yes. Coffee. It feels it feels it's been too long and it feels like old times right now. It has been too long. It's funny cuz like even today we even said it earlier how uh, you just got back from Fight Island. It felt, you know, we it's so funny we kept we we follow these fighters that talk about ring rust. Yeah. I literally felt like I had ring rust going in there day trying to like set up for the event, do all this other stuff. Like it just felt it felt weird. It felt great. Uh, first, let me say it felt great. Well, let's okay. Some people might not know what you're talking about. So, to be clear, we had the first in person media day today yep. in Las Vegas in 11 months, basically, since March yeah. of last year. So, yes, on Fight Island, uh, we've been we've been doing the in person media days. And my God, they're so much better than yeah. these virtual media days. Yep. And we've been saying all along, we appreciate the fact that the UFC set up the virtual media days, but it's just the it's video. Better than, it's better than nothing. It's better than it's nothing. Better than nothing. But. The video quality is kind of eh. The audio quality is kind of eh. And the fighter engagement just isn't really good because yeah. they're staring at a blank computer screen. They can't see faces. They can't see who they're talking to. There's no way to give them right. Yep. They can't even see themselves. So, like, I was watching, you know, there were a couple that we didn't get. Uh, Alessandro Pantoja was one of them. And I was watching his virtual media day scrum. And it, no disrespect to Pandoja, it looks like a mugshot the whole time. But he can't even see himself, yeah. you know. So he doesn't. He probably doesn't realize that he's way too close. That he's got like resting bitch face the yeah. whole time, you know <laughs> what I mean? So, um, so yes, we had our first in-person media today. And as you said, like I've gone out to Fight Island three times during the stretch, so I've I've had a little bit of practice. You have not brought your gear and set up for a media day in eleven months. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It felt felt so good, but yeah, it was like one of those things. Like, all right, now I got to set this up. Now I got to set this up, and I was like, oh wait, I still need to attach this. I still need to do this. I still need to fire this up. Still need to fire this up. But granted, it was it was incredible. It felt good just to leave the house and and not leave the house for the sole reason of going to the grocery store right. or going to you know I don't know just drive to get out of the house or whatever. So it felt really really good, and. uh but it felt it was it was it was uh, it was awkward a little bit at first because I think just just like anything when you don't do something that you're so used to doing you you start second guessing yourself you start thinking like what am I forgetting what right, am I forgetting right. like I hadn't touched my my uh, tripod bag which has all my uh, the gear for the streaming stuff yep. in it and uh, so I had I almost just grabbed and took it to the car I was like yes of course everything's in it but I was like. Let me double check. Let that. me just look. Even though I know I have not opened up that bag since the last time that we did like an event here in town or whatever. Right. Now the events have been, you know, which even that's been a while because it's been a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was uh, what December nineteenth or something like that was the last one. Was that the last one? Yeah, somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah, I guess it was. It was like the Christmas one or yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, so I was like, I was just like trusting. I was like, I know everything's in there. I was like, but let me just for 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 just to be good, let me just take a peek in there. And so the whole day just sort of felt like. A little weird just getting back on the routine, but on the flip side of that, it felt so good to just get back to some sort of, quote, 
normalcy, mm-hmm. you know, when it came to these things. But you're right, when it came to fighters, and when you watch them in these things, they're they're sort of, you know, we've even seen some just freak out because, one, they're cutting weight, they're not feeling it, then they're just being I think Uriah asked. Hall had the worst of all, right? Was well, it? Uriah Hall, but there was a, uh, was a, not Strickland, but somebody else. There was a couple people that sort of like quasi freaked out. Like, yeah. Uriah, Uriah did, but... Uh, <laughs> There was another. And I, there and was I another love your eye. I'm not picking on him, but if you go back and watch that one, like it's hilarious. He sits down in front of the screen. He's like, "What's this bullshit?" Yeah, you know? it's <laughs> like, "Oh, this is going good." But with this one, they could actually look. And you know, I felt sort of bad because a lot of them were, they came over after they got done doing the virtual media, so they probably right. thought like, "Oh man, here's another half hour or an hour," and they went super quick. But you could tell when they walked in the room. There was a part of them, they were like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. They were light yeah, set yeah. up. They sat down. There's media sitting there with cameras. Um, you know, they come into the room. They sat down. They took their mask off. And all of them sort of just breathed this sort of like, oh, yeah. Like, this feels this feels normal this, again. This is like a fight week. This yeah. feels like fight week stuff. So it was it was really, really cool to be that. And I thought we got some good interviews. And you guys will hear uh, some of the, the choice ones we did. But, man, it feels good. The weather the weather's feeling good. Um feels good to actually have people and part yeah. of with like the retesting that was the first time and I know you you got tested for in Abu Dhabi but it mm-hmm. had been a minute since I got a test so the whole day today before we went there I was like thinking like well let me just stand some distance away from these guys until we get the until we get the green light I was like you're never quite sure because there was like a uh, a few days back and I realized it was probably allergy and it was probably when we had a big weather change like for a little bit the day after, like my throat was kind of sore, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh fuck, here we go," you know, because I mean I won't lie. I mean there's there's some days when I've just like been stir crazy. I'm like I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go down and grab a beer and throw a couple bucks in the in the the video poker machine right. just to just get save my sa- sanity. Yeah, yeah, like all I do is sit in this damn house. So I was like, "Well, you knew you were you knew you were gambling." And I was literally felt like you knew you were gambling with whether you're going to catch something or not. But like the bar was really good. I mean, they they wipe down machines after every time. Um, you wear your masks when you're in the building. They have these plexiglass things. I know all you anti-maskers, the anti-plastic walls will be like, oh, whatever, that doesn't stop anything. But whatever, yeah. you know, if that's what it takes to allow me to leave the house and go into an establishment, have a couple drinks, throw throw a, a 20 into a machine or whatever, I was like, I'm fine with it. But at the same time, I was like, oh, you're pushing it, you're pushing it, you're pushing it. So to get there and finally get through the test and get back into this routine, knowing that every week, we're going to be getting tested. Mm-hmm. It felt awesome. Yeah. It felt great. Like, I have no bitches about it at all. Like, oh. I know some people are just like, oh, man, this getting tested all the time sucks. You know, it really doesn't because, you know. Peace of mind. It's a peace of mind. You know, And peace there might be mind. some people that say, oh, the tests really aren't great. I don't care. Don't don't bring don't don't harsh my buzz. I feel good knowing that it's like if we're good for a little bit, just having that peace of mind. Then it's like okay, I know. Then when I go to the grocery store, you just do what you need to do, keep your distance, or whatever, and yep. you know. But it it felt it felt really good to uh, to get back in the swing of thing, and, and it's great. Like even though it was cool to like have our you know know that we could do this thing remotely and have it still come off pretty good it's not the same it's not the same like who am i going to peer pressure into drinking some you know some some whiskey yeah well let's let's peel back the curtain a little <laughs> bit too uh first of all i was gonna say uh you know if, if, if you're ever not feeling right what can make you feel right latchkey brewing latchkey brewing you know the great folks at latchkey brewing uh down there at 1795 hancock street san mm. diego california they make some of the finest brews around and today 
We started out with a little doppeldacker. It's a, a rich, malty flavor with a slight caramel toastiness, deep garnet in color with a mild finish. But from there, that's just where we started. From that's where there, we started. Then we switched over to the Dreamer IPA. Yes. This hop salad is crisp, dry, and easy drinking with nice citrus and floral notes. It does. And it has a nice picture of a beach scene on the can. It's just a beautiful kinda thing. Wanna, just kind of want to take you. Just like our man, away. Anthony Beach. Whoa. <laughs> Maybe that is Anthony Beach. <laughs> the, the beach picture there is Anthony Beach. Why not? Uh, no, shout out to Anthony for sending this, uh, this wonderful, wonderful Latchkey Brewing. And, by the way, uh, Latchkey, if you're in the uh, Southern California area in San Diego, San Diego, it's now open Thursday through Sunday for on-site outdoor patio drinking and beer-to-go sales. So Thursday through oh, Sunday. That's awesome. You just think about it. On Thursday, you go, you kick off the week with the MMA Roadshow and Latchkey Brewing, and then on Sunday, you go and you wrap it up with more Latchkey and, mm. and a half over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Mm. It all goes together. But there's more than that. But wait, there's more. <laughs> California customers can now order beer online and have it shipped to them from the Latchkey website. Shut so anywhere in California. So if you're in California, you've been hearing about how great this Latchkey brew is, but you're like... Yeah, but I'm not in San Diego, and I, have, you know, I really don't want to make it down there right now. You don't have to. You don't have to. They'll send it right to you. So that's how things are going. But mm. cold coffee said, man, John, this, this latchkey brewing sure does taste nice. But you know what would really just kind of <laughs> elevate the game a little? Kind of like how people that support the MMA Roadshow, they elevate their game by heading on over to Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Mm. Where for as little as $3 a month, they help support mm. the show over there and get exclusive access to our and a half episodes, you also stepped up the game by breaking out the uh, the proper whiskey. No, we didn't. Jameson. Do <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Shots fired. There were there were two bottles of whiskey. There were two bottles of whiskey in the the fridge. That 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 was actually from was that from Thanksgiving? I think when I when I went to the store and it was on discount. Stuff lasts got way it. longer in your house than it does in mine. It does. <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know, which one should we do? And, and he, he gave me the choice. And I ended up going with the one that was open. Right, right. We'll save the proper Jameson. 12 for another day. But I just figured I'd get a little jab in yes, there. Get a little jab in there. So, so yeah. ne- next time hot tea's over, we'll, we'll have to crank we'll open the, the, uh, the proper. proper. I get it. I get it. All right. So listen, uh, I do want to say, you know, you touched on kind of the, the, the media day. And we are going to play some audio here in a second because I thought we had some really fun interviews. I will say, if you have kind of gotten into the mode where you tune out of the pre-fight media day coverage because it's been this virtual media day, I completely understand you. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. These virtual media days, as we said, I'm not trying to put down the UFC because I really do appreciate the effort they had for – because in the beginning we had nothing. and they nothing. Did, They tried to help us with something. But it lost my interest. Like watching these things, it lost my interest. Um I hope you'll go check out the pre-fight coverage for UFC Fight Night 184, whether it be on MMA Junkie, whether it be at the MMA Junkie YouTube channel, because the in-person video, I just I think it's a lot better, man. I think people really did, the fighters really did, uh, you know, like I said, they're engaged a lot more, man. Yeah. I feel like it was on. And they actually see something. You can see it in their eyes. Yep. You can see it in their face. And I can only imagine it, too, sitting in front of a screen looking at a blank screen. A you're blank not even. Screen. You're not even seeing anything back. It'd be one thing, like even Zoom interviews or whatever. The quality is not the greatest, but you see the person. At least you can interact. So then a you're like, bit. okay, I'm seeing eyeballs when I say something. I'm seeing a reaction from yeah. somebody's face. They're they're acknowledging my statement. You know, where it's hard to keep your energy at a certain level when you're just like, 
Am I just speaking into the void? I'm just speaking into a vacuum of space. You know, there's no reaction. Yeah. But when you look and you see Is it going over the well? Do they even right. hear me? When you say something funny and you, you chuckle to yourself and then you see smiles on another people, you're like, okay, yeah, that was good. That yeah, was yeah. good. I mean, so yeah, the, the energy level is night and day. And what's unique, if you go and watch these things, most of these fighters had already waited in line to do a virtual media day, did the virtual media day, which could have lasted 15, 20 minutes or right. whatever, and then hopped in a car, driven down the street to go to another place to do another one, but yet they don't look like they're drained. You can actually see, it seems like they were like, wow, this is cool. That's it. This is a nice change. From I'm out of my room. You yep. know, I'm actually seeing people. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I mean, as they do more of those, the, the media attendance will get better. Uh, more people will realize that it's back in town. Like, this was very quick. It was very local. So there was just a handful of us local guys that were there. So uh, luckily, a lot of these interviews went really, really quick. It was just you kind of doing your thing, um, which was good because the fighters, it wasn't too much for them because last thing you want to do, especially the guys that are cutting weight and are maybe having a hard time, which I didn't see anybody. Everybody looked pretty good. Everybody today Everybody looked, looked good. absolutely great, you know, So which is good because that, that, that makes you think that, one, they're fighting at the right weight class, but also, two, we're going to see a lot of well-hydrated, good-looking fighters going in there fighting with good energy. Yep. If today was an indication, I agree. Um, that should be really, really good. So this week has went really quick, too. It's, it's crazy because it's, it's Thursday. Tomorrow morning we have the weigh-ins. The day after that we have fights. Like, it's awesome. It this is. was like a super compact, like quick, quick few days. It took it took a minute to get here, but now it's like holy cow, we're getting back into it. And it is look USC Fight Night 184. I don't know if you've taken a peek at the card yet, uh, but this is a good card, man. I understand it's you know not pay per view quality, but you're also not being asked to to, to pay for anything other than ESPN Plus. ES, yeah, ESPN uh, Plus. But you you should already have ESPN Plus. I mean, if you're a USC fan, you need it. They did a really good job price pointing that. Shit. They did. And I'm there's paying so much twelve stuff something for Disney Plus, which is a lot less amount of stuff to watch Agreed. than this. No, it's even it's, though I will tell you that WandaVision is dope, y'all. Check it out. Check out the one. I heard it. If you if you like the Avengers storylines, if you like the whole Marvel thing, but it's different. It's not you're not going and watching like um, a Captain America movie or whatever. It's a whole different spiel using characters from the whole uh, that whole world. Um, but I I think it's shot beautiful, and I love what they're sort of doing with it. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a lot of fun. Um, but Wanda is the Scarlet Witch from the Avengers. Um, so she's the WandaVision. And you'll understand why they, why it's sort of called WandaVision after you watch a couple. But I think it's a lot of fun. But I'm also – I absolutely love science. Like yeah, you're sci-fi like sci-fi. Stuff. I absolutely adore yeah. it. Um, so it was right up my alley. But every person I've heard that's sort of like open-minded and has some sort of like liking to the whole Avengerverse, if, right. you, if you watched any of those uh, – storylines any of that sort of stuff i think you'll like it but and it's short it's, they're not hour long they're half an hour episodes oh, so, so it's quick and easy along. you're getting in and out and stuff but um as a as a video guy i think it's just shot beautiful and i like the way that they edited it and stuff and it's a lot of fun but um still that's four times the cost of espn plus it's crazy because espn plus for everything it's 
it's it's used for everything. And I'm not like trying to make this like an ESPN ad because I I don't really care. But it's just <laughs> for the price no point. Of but at this price point, you're right. Everybody should have you it. You should at have this ESPN point. Plus. There's no reason not. It's to. the cheapest of all the streaming things. I pay more for CBS Access, which I don't even know. If I even still watch any of the shows on it, I think that's like five ninety nine or something. Probably need to readjust and look at that. Stuff. So it's but basically free. With it's as much MMA content is on there. It's basically free. Even that, just like you know, the soccer, or the basketball exactly. stuff on it, the college. I mean, you can't beat it. Just for the college coverage alone, you can't beat ESPN. No, you should go. Main event this weekend: Alistair Overeem versus Alexander Volkov, a, a key heavyweight fight. Um, two guys that have been around for a long time, and you look at those records, 47 and 18 against 32 Sick. and 8, man. I mean, those are just records you don't see very often. So a big one. I mean, neither guy a big talker. So I haven't – you know, this this hasn't been a heavily marketed one. It hasn't been, you know, a lot of heat between the two or whatever. But, you know, has the has the propensity to, 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 be, to be fun? I think both these guys, you know – like to stand and trade. I got to imagine Overing is probably going to try to execute some wrestling. Volkov is fairly deficient in the wrestling category, if mm-hmm. we're being honest. I mean, he does his best, um, you know, but he wants to keep it on the feet. So we'll see how it all plays out. But, you know, a big one, Alistair Overeem was, uh, you know, his typical self where he's a little just kind of quiet and reserved, um, you know, always has that little air of uh, slight cockiness about him, does, does Alistair Overeem. But he's been very open about the fact that he's on one final run. This is it. Um, and it's basically title or bust. If he, if he wins the title, he's going to call it quits. Once he loses and is out of the title picture, he's going to call it quits. I mean, he knows the end is coming. And we talked to him a lot about it today. And, um, you know, I, th- I thought he was very open and, he, you know, kind of made a joke. I was like, you know, are you going to miss it? Are you going to be sad? And he was like, no, nah, you know, he's like, I've always kind of readied myself for this yeah. moment, knew it was coming. You know, I've enjoyed what I've had. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, I'm ready for it. And then, of course, I had to ask him, but will you miss doing media? Because I know he <laughs> hates doing interviews. And he just kind of got a smile and was like, uh, I don't think I will. <laughs> I was like, I didn't didn't expect you to one bit, Alistair. Uh, but no, you know, listen, it's it's crazy to think that we're close to the end for Alistair Overeem because, uh, you know, he's he's had moments where he's had uh, you know a bit of controversy surrounding yeah. him over the years. But yeah. when you think about the longevity of what he's done and how long he's been fighting at a high level in the biggest organizations in the sport, and it's just been, you know. K1, you know, Pride, Strike Force, Dream, uh, UFC. I mean, it's amazing what this guy has accomplished. And, uh, man, it is really the end of an era. This dude, I mean, this dude was fighting pre 2000. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's unreal. I mean, so much history and so much um, just knowledge of the sport, and, and let alone just he is a walking barometer of the, the history and just the. The, everything that the sport and combat sports has went through, I mean, this guy has been fighting in it. He's he's tempered it all, you know, mm-hmm. through all the the when people considered it human cockfighting. Also, he was already fighting at a high level so in true. other organizations, and then when the UFC starts coming, he was already just destroying it in other in other organizations around the world. He's been everywhere. He's been a. I mean, this is a a guy that you know walks through. Depending on what country, I mean, I'm sure you could walk through Japan and some of these other places, and it's like when Rampage has like cult followings in all these other areas, just for the fact of this guy's been around and he's been larger than life. I mean, just mm-hmm. even by the fact that he is actually like larger actually than physically life. larger he's than physically life, physically larger than <laughs> life. You know, and it's it's crazy and to think that 
you know, even though he's not going to say that it's adding any extra pressure on every fight, but you have to think that it does add some sort of pressure, knowing that you've decided that this is my last run. So at any loss, it's done, but he's taken it graciously. He's like he said, he, you know, this is something he knew was coming, but it's still being on the outside, covering the sport and watching it anytime one of these cats finally does sort of walk away. It's the same thing when we talked about when Carlos Condit and um, Brown were fighting. Mm -hmm. Matt Brown were fighting the other day. It was like, you know, these are guys that have been doing it for quite some time. So when, you know, the end of the the line comes, it's sad because, you know, you've seen and we've all been rewarded so much by what these guys have put into it. I mean, there's always going to be new guys to kind of watch and, and keep the sport going and keep us entertained. But you know, watching these these cats that have been doing it for so long and carried this the sport literally on their shoulders, you know, it's it's kind of sad thinking yeah. that that it could be the end. But in the same right, you know, I'm I'm honored to 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 be there covering the event, knowing that if it is in fact the last one, I'm I'll be glad that I'll actually be there for it. You know, just you know, because this guy's he's he's literally. Uh, we say it a lot of times. You know, maybe we overuse the word when we say like. A guy's a legend, you know, but in terms of like, you know, what this guy's done and what he's meant it's to the not sport. Many he more is. accomplished people in combat sports, right? man. There's really right? not. I don't think it's a stretch to call the guy a legend. Right. So, you know, to think that it, we're definitely among his last fights and potentially his future, last fight. You think he's a future UFC Hall of Famer? I if he so. never gets. No, I do. I think he is a future UFC Hall of Famer because of what he's accomplished throughout his career. And, you know, now, if the UFC had never bought Pride, you know, if Pride right. had maybe just died, right. then then maybe they go, well, we just always consider them a rival, so we're not going to consider what you accomplished in Pride. But since the Pride is part of the Zufa brand, part of the UFC right. brand, yeah, I think I think he's part of the. I think he's got to be. Don't they have like what is it? What's the the wing? The pioneer wing. The pioneer wing. Well, or that's whatever. what's crazy. This dude could be part of the pioneer wing and part of the modern era wing, and that's that's so crazy. You're right. It's insane. It's How insane. crazy is that? You're right. It's nuts. So I right, listen. Big fight for him, uh, Alexander Volkov. Uh, by the way, Alexander Volkov. His English continues to get better and better and better. And it's funny because I asked him today. You know, do you? Do you like enjoy this? Because you strike me as a very quiet person. He's like, no, I don't. He's like, but, <laughs> but, but I'm trying to get better at it. He's like, I don't really like the attention. He's like, it's hard for me to speak English, and um, which I completely get. But he's he does so well at it. I mean, yeah, he, you know, he's got a little bit of a, a stutter as he finds his words or whatever. Yeah. But dude, I mean, he's like, it's it's really good. His English yeah. is really good. So um, big fight, and you know, he says, listen, I, I you know, I, I know I'm going to be a UFC champion at some point. I know I've had some setbacks, and it may be, you know, I'm not in a rush. I'll I'll, I'll make it down the road. Um, this is a big fight. I'll tell you what, Volkov is a pretty serious favorite in this. Uh, not massive, but, I mean, a minus 200, I think, according to most odds makers. I really like Overeem as an underdog here, if I'm being honest with you, man. I mean, um, unless, you know, I know Overeem, you know, there's questions about the chin and that sort of thing, and, and those have been there for a while, but I feel like, it, you know, he's he's, I feel like he's capable of taking some of Volkov's shots, not a ton of them. Uh, I don't feel like Volkov is a particularly fast striker, you know right. what I mean? And and, and I do feel like Overeem's going to try to work in the clinch a lot. He's going to try to wrestle a little bit. Um, I, I, I may be crazy, but my staff picks, I went with Overeem, and, so and, and we don't even get like we don't even get odds. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like we're just literally doing picks. I I think I like Overeem as an underdog here. Yeah, I end up going with him as well, and I, I definitely thought the the power was going to be a big difference, and I just assumed that. We're gonna see the 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 kickboxing form of Overeem. I know that he can he can take him down, but if he just Alex, 
Alexander, I imagine, was going to want to keep try to keep the distance. He actually does pretty good for a tall guy actually using the distance and he, using he the range. He uses his range. That was the biggest thing that Struve, I love Stefan Struve, but always just felt like he, he fought like he had, you know, six-inch arms. He never felt like he right. used that distance. Alexander's not that way. But I feel like he likes to use the arms. He likes to keep that little distance. But that distance that he tends to find is a good kicking range, I think, for, for – for Overeem, if Overeem works the legs a little bit and takes it to the point to where Alexander has no legs underneath to throw punches, then I think Overeem's going to have his way. But it just felt to me like when it came to the overall amount of weapons and and if all of them come to fruition, he has he just has too many tools in his tool belt and he has all that experience. Uh, I just felt that it's just going to be too much for for Alexander. For most guys that Alexander goes against, um, I think he's got a lot of good chances, but. Over him, and plus two, knowing that he's going in there, and any one of these fights could be his last one. I think he's going to have that fire to go in there and, and just push. So I'm with you. I, I I guess I chose the underdog. It didn't feel like I was choosing the underdog when I when I, I know, picked that's it. That's why I was a little surprised. Like I, said, I never look line. at the I never look at the stats. You know, um, I always look at the lines after we do our picks. I do the same right. thing. I do our picks first, and then I look at the lines. And when I saw that, I was like, "Ooh, I kind of understand it." You know, at least that's not a big one. That's not a big one by any it's means. Not, but but that's a, I, I like that it plus money. So uh, we'll see how that main event plays out. The co-main event, I, I, I like the co-main event a lot, and then I also don't like the co-main event a lot. It's Frankie Edgar versus Corey Sandhagen, and the reason I like it is because a uh, you, you touched on it, man. So maybe we threw out the word legend too much, but Frankie Edgar is another legend, man. I'm sorry. This dude is an absolute legend, you know. Uh, seven hours and 40 minutes of octagon time in, in his career. I mean, he's the, you know, more octagon time than anybody else in UFC history. Um, it's funny, I actually talked to him about that earlier this week, and he was like, I don't know if that's a great record to have, you know. He's <laughs> like, I'm not sure that it is. He's like, I guess it's the Ironman record, but, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a great record to have, but I just think it's – I, man, I, I, when you think of Frank Yeager, an all-class individual, man, again, a leader in octagon time, um, to me, man, I, I just I don't see how you can't call this guy a legend. Of course, a former champion as well. I mean, future UFC Hall of Famer also. Um, and, and, and I love the fact that he's still competing at a high level, still trying to reinvent himself, still, uh, you know, seeking gold again now at Bantamweight. But he's... I like the fight because I love watching Frankie Edgar fight anytime I get the chance. I don't know how much longer we're going to get to do it, even though he says he's still got years ahead. Um, but, man, he's getting paired up with a killer right now, man. Corey Sanhagen, so skilled. And, of course, you know, had that, I don't want to say a freak loss to Aljamain Sterling because Aljamain Sterling's a monster, but I think everybody was expecting a much more intense battle than what we got in there. Um, but Sanhagen, to me, is such a skilled martial artist and – so damn mentally strong, man. The dude is just dialed in. He's on point. Uh, he, he takes everything seriously, obviously, and, and he knows what's at stake. And I think both guys are looking at this as a number one contender fight. And I know that that's going to be upsetting to some people to hear, like, oh, another title shot for Frankie Edgar. But there's not a lot of people that, that, that are in the discussion right now. I think if you look at the rankings, whether you know whether you look at the USC rankings or whether you pay attention to the MMA junkie rankings, which I would urge you to pay attention to the MMA junkie rankings, <laughs> uh, they're right there. They're right there. And, you know, you got Cody Garbrandt saying he's going down to 25. I know he's in the discussion. You got TJ Dillashaw wanting to come back. But I think most people believe TJ Dillashaw needs to win at least one fight, you know, coming off of USADA suspension. So I do believe this is a number one contender fight. Um and again, I do believe Frankie Yeager is an absolute legend. I think he fits the definition. I did end up picking Corey Sandhagen, though. I do feel like 
Corey is destined for big things in the division as well. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just a younger kind of new generation guy. And I, and I don't like saying that because I, it's, it feels almost blasphemous to pick against Frankie Yeager because I have so much respect for him. Um, but I, I think if you put emotion out of the mix, yep. I think you have to – you like Corey Sandhagen here. And if I remember it, I think I think in the rare case, I think we pick the exact same ones this one. Cause Do I, we have the exact I same? I think we have the exact same That's picks. That's funny. But I'm with you. I'm with you with uh, Corey. I mean, what I really, really liked uh, hearing from him today was talking about the mental side of things. I mean, he already was a very, very talented but when he was embracing the mental side of the game that he felt like was lacking in before, you know, here's a, here's a kid that everybody was putting all this pressure and sort of hype saying, like, this is going to be a guy, this is a guy that has a chance, has a, has a chance. Um, now for him to get the, his head wrapped around it as well um, bodes really, really well for him. Yep. You know, Frankie, you, you, like you said, Frankie is a legend. I mean, like. Frankie doesn't need to show anything to anybody when it comes to toughness, when it comes right. to willingness to do anything. He's He's been in there and he's done it all. Um, the only thing that that gets me sort of uh, with Frankie, I never can question the fact of whether he's going to come in prepared, whether he's going to have cardio. I mean, the guy can fight five-round fights like it's no problem, and he doesn't even have to worry about that in this, in this case. The only thing that worried me about this is that even though I know he wants to get to the title, he wants to get back on the top – Without this being a clear-cut, say, uh, you know, even though uh, they are saying this is like a contender fight, UFC hasn't said that. Like, this is like a contender fight or whatever. I just wonder if we're going to see – if if Frankie's going to go in there really with the understanding and put – this might come out the wrong wrong way. Like, it'd be one thing if we knew for sure this was a contender fight, knowing Mm -hmm. that the winner is going to fight the the, – the title because I guarantee the effort's going to be incredible. But I just wonder if Frankie's going to go in there. He might say that he is. I just wonder if he doesn't, without that pressure of knowing for sure, are we going to see everything that we need to, is it going to pull everything out of Frankie? Frankie does really, really well in those cases where his back's against the wall, where it's like do or die, like let's do this. He, he, he just felt so comfortable in there today. Like, his thing it was like another like another day at the office, you know, right. like so. I'm just wondering if he's going to go in there with the the so real you're sense of urgency. Sometimes you need to have that little edge about you. That like little, you yeah. need you need to have that edge, and I'm just wondering if, and it could be without. He's been in so many title fights. He's been in so much. You almost just wonder if, you know, you might tell me that it's going to be there, and you're pushing as hard as you do for a title fight, but without it really being a title fight, and without it really being whatever, are we going to see the same level? of uh, sense of urgency to get work done as opposed to just going there and fight to make sure that you win, right? you know, sort of deal. Because we see that there is a big difference when get, somebody goes in there fighting to win, um, you know, and there's a and, and and then somebody that's just going in to make sure they don't lose. Right. You know, and I wonder which one we're actually going to see because there's no real for sure. Even though you tell yourself, yeah, this is a contender fight. Nobody else is really saying yes. This is the contender fight, right. you know, because you're right. The, the division's kind of weird in a weird spot. There's a lot of a lot of players. So, I'm just wondering if we're not gonna if if going in there, not to say that he's overlooking Corey, but is Corey enough? Of a, does he feel Corey's enough threat of him to bring the no, best? I, I out think of that's him? a fair concern, man. Like I mean, I you know I talked to Frankie a little bit uh, on the phone earlier this week and asked him kind of similar questions, and he, and he he said yeah, but you always wonder like. Man, dude, you fought like legends and former like champs. legit, yeah. legit, you know? le- like 
no no offense to Corey, Corey's, but Corey's not there yet. Exactly. He's working his way to get that point. So I mean, I can understand if like it's different if you're if you're going and fighting, you know, fuck who you name it. I mean like champion champion level dudes like it's easy to get it up knowing that you're fighting a championship level dude. Right. This is still a young kid that has every possibility to get there at some point, you know. It just hasn't got but there yet. But he's not there yet. So, you know, uh, you know, they'll always say, you know, I'm never going to overlook anybody. I'm never going to overlook anybody. And that could be true. I mean, you're going to put your work in it. But are you really going to feel the same sense of urgency knowing that you are going against a killer? Right. Like a, a legendary type guy that was a champion or that's literally on the thing, the precipice, or, or are you just looking at, like, okay, this is the up-and-coming kid. You know, he's got to get to me to have a chance, whatever. My real challenge is this, 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 you know. So that's, I guess, my fear is that Frankie could possibly go in there overlooking where where Corey's at, and that would be a problem. But Absolutely. Well, by the way, you talk about favorites and underdogs. Corey Sanhagen coming in at minus 400, which that's is crazy. essentially an 80% uh, implied probability of winning. So – uh, tall order for Frankie Yeager. We'll see if he can deliver. That's, That's a, just so crazy. It is crazy, man. Because I guarantee one, Frankie isn't going to bl- think it's that way. But two, it's Frankie Edgar, for I Christ's know. sakes. How can you make him that big of an underdog? It's crazy, man. This against is, somebody that hasn't even ever held a title or, or whatever. I mean. It's, and it's, just, it's, it's, it's about that passing the torch time, man. When you start getting around 40 years old, all of a sudden – you know, things start changing. You got these young, hungry killers coming up. So uh, I, I like that co-main event a lot, though. Like I said, I'm, afra- I'm afraid a little bit for Frankie Yeager, uh, but uh, anytime we get a chance to watch him fight, uh, I'm down for it, and we'll see if he can pull up something crazy. Uh, then, again, the OGs just keep going. That's what I'm saying. This card is fun, man. It's 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 got some sneaky good fights, and it's got some OGs on it, and uh, it's got bumped up to the main card, at least the latest lineup that we've seen. Um, unfortunately, the reality of COVID era uh, UFC is that lineups get shuffled all the time and moved around and that sort of thing. But with the loss of Macy Chesson versus Marion Renault, that's bounced back a couple of weeks because of a positive COVID <laughs> test. Uh, the latest lineup we saw had Clay Guida versus Michael Johnson promoted to uh, the main card. And I, I like this fight being on the main card as well. Um, I understand that both these guys are, are, are kind of mired in some losing streaks, but, you know, Guida has been in the UFC for 15 years. Johnson's been in the UFC for 11 years. I mean, these are two guys we're incredibly familiar with. Two guys that you know are going to bring it every single time, and uh, and and I'm excited to see what they do. I mean, it's big stakes for both of them. They both, I think, want to pick up a win at this point, uh, and I think it's going to be an exciting fight. And uh, I, I like what we heard from these guys. Let's let's start with Michael Johnson. He's no longer the menace. He's Michael Johnson. <laughs> Um, but uh, I, I loved uh, the way that, that he came in and the attitude that he had. Here's, uh, here's Michael Johnson. Mike, I was curious uh, if you happened to see that your name came up in the headlines this week in something completely unrelated to your fight. Did, did you see that? Uh, no, I don't really think I did. So Ali Abdelaziz used your name out there, and he was talking <laughs> about uh, Michael Chandler. He said Michael Chandler's no Michael Johnson. He's a, he's a good fighter, but he's no Michael Johnson. <laughs> what, what do you think when you hear that? I mean, that's that's great hearing that. You know what I mean? Um, I, I still have that, um, you know, that stigma about how you know good of a fighter I am, and I just need to get my shit together. You know, um, but he's uh, absolutely right. He's not Michael Johnson. <laughs> like, can you believe you're, you're starting year number eleven in the UFC right now? I mean, is that crazy? Because I still think about you as the kid that wore the crazy stuff to the weigh-ins and stuff and now here we are over a decade later man what, yeah. what does that feel like for you um it feels great man um you know being 
in the top promotion for this long, fighting the quality of guys I fought and uh, still been around. I mean, you guys know as well as I do, um, some people last one fight, some people last two fights, and they're gone, you know. Um, so it's a huge blessing for me to still get that. And um, I've matured, I've grown up in the sport, and um, I started my career in the UFC pretty much, and I plan on putting 10 more years under. That'd be, that'd be something, man. How do you think, I mean, I know, like, you still want to build and there's still a lot to do, but how would you, you know, categorize your career, right? Like, you've had mixed results, but we know when you're fighting, it's going to be a fight, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You've been able to stick around because you're incredibly entertaining. So how would you look back on it if you had to summarize it? Uh, it's a little bittersweet, you know what I mean? Like, of course, I'm grateful for, you know, um, all the wins I've had, grateful for the losses I've had against the great, you know, opponents. You know, um, I've beaten two champions. That, that we've seen in this division, and um, I'm just ready to start climbing. I'm ready to um, start over brand new, you know. Um, in my mind, it's like, you know what, yeah, all those fights are great, but let's forget about them. You know, they don't mean anything right now. Like, let's start over. Like, I'm in a new mindset right now. Um, I'm going into this fight, in my mind, at 0-0, and, and um, it's going to be a great start, and I'm looking to build. You said it right off the bat, like, I just got to get my shit together. I mean, what is that just, like, like mindset during camp? Is it mindset on the night of the fight? Is it a pro? I mean, what, like, where, like, what's the shit that needs to get together? Yeah, um, <laughs> it, 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 it's generalized. You know, it's everything. Um, I'm finally at the, the young old age of 34. You know, I'm finally starting to become a man and what I need to do to become a better man and just better myself, better my mind, and um, that's going to help me become a greater fighter. You know, um, I was still, I wasn't living like a professional athlete, you know, these few years. You know, I was out partying and drinking and doing all that shit and losing fights and, you know, going to, you know, certain things I shouldn't have been doing, you know, or winning fights and celebrating a little too long and too much. So I'm finally, um, you know, growing up, got a new outlook on life, and, um, you know, it's going to be great coming in. I'm looking forward to the new change. What was the catalyst? Do you remember, like, a moment where it just all clicked, like, I got to switch? <laughs> Losing three fights in a row, you know, that's what it is, especially fights when I was winning. You know, I don't really think I've I've lost fights, but I've never, like, gotten my, like, ass beat. You know, I've always been winning, and I just end up something slips and goes wrong, and I lose focus, and I end up losing. And um, I'm going to just take that into account that maybe I wasn't fully prepared. You know, um, it's all mental. Maybe my mental, my mentality just wasn't there. And, um Losing to, you know, Tiago Moises, just getting caught in a hill hook when I know how to defend it and getting knocked out by Josh Emmett with 30 seconds left when I shouldn't have been in that position to get knocked out and, you know, slipping up a little easy decision win over Stevie Ray getting taken down and just freezing. So, you know, these are moments where um, I know how great I am and I just need to get over that hump and uh, I think I'm over it. That's awesome. So you get this matchup with Clay Greedy. Does that, does that excite you? I mean, you talk about like a, like a fellow like OG, right? A dude that's been around, done that. I mean, did you like this matchup? Uh, yeah, yeah. I love this matchup. And, uh, you know, Clay's a great guy, good fighter. Um, you know, he's a pioneer of the sport, future Hall of Famer. Um, the sport really wouldn't be where it is ex until guys like Clay, you know, have grown into what it is now. So I'm excited to get in there and uh, get, get scrapping with him. If you had to decide between a $50,000 fight of the night loss or a lay and pray, boring three round win, but getting that win, which one would you take? The win, uh, 100%, <laughs> bro, especially for me right now, man, a win. My career is on the line right now, and it, and it has been, and I'm, uh, I'm accepting that, you know, I'm okay with that. 
because it's just going to make me fight harder. Um, it's made me change the completely person of who I am, and uh, I like it. But the win's the most important thing for me to get right now, and no matter what, I'm still going to go out there and fight like the Michael Johnson that fights. You know, uh, you'll never see a boring fight out of me. I was going to say, last thing for me, I mean, how do you see this fight going? Because I don't think this could, I don't see any way this could be a boring fight between <laughs> you two guys. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, I'm going to start fast and uh, we'll see if he'll be able to uh, keep the pace up. You know, I know Clay's a grinder. He likes to really get in your face and push the pace. But um, I don't think he has that spark anymore that he used to have. You know, um, he's getting up there in age. Um, he's still grinds out in fighters. I just got to not get in bad positions and do my game and we'll get out of here with a win. All right, so there was Michael Johnson. And listen, I I'll say this. I mean, obviously been following Michael Johnson's career for a long time now. Um, I will say I've heard a version of this a couple times over the years where he's like, you know, I got I to gotta change things. But I've never heard him say what he said in terms of like, yeah, man, I was partying a little too much. And, may you know, I was doing this a little bit too much. You know, he always just – he always seemed to think that it was like – a mindset on the night of or a mindset, you know, in the way he was treating things. But to hear him lay out exactly what went wrong in those fights, exactly the moment that things switched, you know, fights that, that were winnable for him, and to, to talk about, you know, making real lifestyle changes, um, that excites me, man. That that excites me. And, and, and I, I don't know. I mean, again, I've heard versions of this before, but I feel like he was being honest about making real significant life changes and trying to – trying to better himself as, as an athlete and, and as a fighter. And uh, on the flip side of it, you had Clay Guida, who, man, Clay Guida came in just uh, full of energy as well, right? I mean, is uh, is only, uh, I mean, MMA's the dude can do, basically. That, that's, I mean, that's basically what he is, right? Uh, so let's just roll straight into that. Uh, here is uh, here's Clay Guida and, and what he had to say. Clay, I think this is starting calendar year 15 for you in the UFC, man. I mean, to hear that, does that sound insane even to you, the 15 years in the, in the top organization in the sport? Absolutely, man. Uh, we're super blessed for our longevity in the sport and, um, you know, our health, our durability, the camps we've had, um, the fights we've put on, the opponents we've faced, um, all the fans, all the support, all the blessings that we've had. And uh, like I always say, man, the best is yet to come. That's amazing. Do you have anything you can credit your longevity to? Because it's not exactly like you have a fight-safe kind of style, you know? <laughs> Wrestling. It always comes back to wrestling, you know, starting on the mat when I was six, seven years old and just that mentality, that mindset of uh, never take no for an answer, never say die. You know what I mean? As much as I get beat up in the practice room, you know, starting at six to now I just turned 39 a month ago. I still get my butt kicked in there, but I still feel I still feel like I can compete at the highest level with these guys, with these young bucks. And um, man, if I can keep up with the the guys at Team Alpha Male and Ultimate Fitness, I can keep up with, uh, you know, with anybody in the UFC and the lightweight division. Yeah, you talked about running with the Young Bucks, but here you get a fellow vet, right? I mean, yep. uh, you know, he's been around for like 11 years in the UFC. So mm -hmm. when they gave you this name, was that kind of exciting to, to fight another kind of OG that I'm sure you've seen, you know, over the years? Absolutely, man. You name it. Uh, Michael Johnson and myself, we fought the who's who. He's fought uh, some some world champions. He's, you know, he's beaten some guys. He's fought guys that have been in the title shot, title picture. He's been in the title picture. Um, so it was just a matter of time before we got in there together. And, um, man, come Saturday, it's going to be fireworks. You got two guys, you know, he's an explosive dynamic striker. He's got good footwork, speed, power. And uh, we got a guy like me, we just uh, we throw caution in the wind and we go out there, balls to the wall. So. Yeah. 
Is it crazy that you guys haven't fought? I remember when they announced this, I, in my head, I was like, surely they fought before at some point. <laughs> That's what everyone was saying, too. They're like, didn't you guys fight before? How have you guys not ran into each other? Uh, it was just a matter of time before we crossed paths. And, uh, man, I can't wait till it gets uh, till it's go time till we do that walk. Yeah. Is there anything kind of cool being on a card? You know, you got, like, Overeem. You got Frankie Yeager. You know, it's like, I don't know, it feels like all the OGs are coming together right For now. For sure. I feel like this is kind of an overlooked card, like the unspoken card. And you look, you go down the list, and it's the who's who, man. So we're blessed to be on it. And, um, man, wherever we're at on the card, I know uh, we're going to put on a, an exciting fight for everybody. And, um, it's man, it's going to be outstanding. What drives you at this point, man? You've been doing this for so long. Like, you've, you've been around for so long. Like, what – what gets you into the gym on a daily basis and, and, and keeps you, you know, chasing after this? The the thought that I get to compete at the highest level in the number one promotion in the world and in a sport that people never thought I was going to be able to uh, compete in or have find success in, you know, it's just been my love for uh, sports at a young age and being a professional athlete. I remember, man, saying to myself when I was cutting the grass, we used to, you know, have the old push mower. I used to cut, you know, we had an acre and I was like, man, there's something I'm going to be good at. I don't know what it is. I loved baseball. I was always on the all-star teams. Football, we was, you know, was always starting linebacker. I would tackle the dudes even without the ball just because I love to hit people, but I was always too small to, you know, get that next level. And wrestling, I was never good at it, but I just was always, you know, um, the starter. I just, I knew there was something I was going to do. I said, one day I'm going to be on ESPN. I don't know what it's going to be and um, what it's going to be in, but uh, man, look at, uh, some here, 15 years later in the UFC, I think I've been fighting professionally for 16 years. So um, it's just the love of competition, man. It, the adrenaline, that walkout, the fight, being around the, the camaraderie, your team, your coaches, the journey, the path. It's, uh, man, it gets better every time. And um, like I said, to be able to have, uh, you know, our health and uh, just keep doing this, you know, on our terms. I love fighting on my terms. That's what drives me still. Yeah, you mentioned, you said, hey, the best is yet to come. Have you started to think about the end, like how long you can keep doing this, like how long you want to keep doing it? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, it's one of those things, you know, I don't put a ceiling on it. I don't put a number on it, you know. Um, I don't want to say, that, you know, we signed a four-fight deal. I don't want to say that's it, my, my four fights, or or I want to stop fighting when I'm 40 or something like that because I feel like a lot of times when people do put a number on when they want to be done competing, maybe they hit a ceiling before then. Maybe they don't really reach that number, you know what I mean? So I don't want to limit myself. And I'll be the first one to say, when I'm done having fun, I'm going to hang up the gloves and I'm going to pick up a fishing rod and be on a fishing boat forever. Nice. Last thing for me, like, I, I, on paper, this thing looked like there's going to be fireworks. I mean, bottom line, is that the way you see? Is this, is this you know, 15 minutes, fight of the night, crazy type stuff? Without a doubt. Um, that's what the fans expect. That's what they're going to get. And I know Michael, Michael Johnson is going to bring his A game. And uh, we're both coming off a couple of tough losses, man. And we got a lot to prove in there. Um, we want to let people know that we are still – uh, a force to be reckoned with. And uh, come Saturday night, man, the, the world's going to find out that we still got a lot left in the gas tank. Speaking of, you know, being active and all the other things, looking back in like 2019, you, you were able to throw in some grappling bouts, you know, as well <laughs> as doing some of this. Is that something, I mean, well, one, how busy do you hope to be in 2021? Is, and is that something that you want to do? as well as getting and then fighting the cage are you hoping to get some grappling matches in there as well i tell you that's a very funny question uh, it's a good question that was my first time i ever grappled competitively and figures it was against the multiple time world champ uh, roger gracie uh <laughs> yeah or i'm sorry gregor gracie i apologize yeah. um yeah i went against him um so it was an honor to be able to take you know take on a gracie it was just like i couldn't believe i was going out against them and then the next one was against renato babalu sobral who's about as big as my brother, and everyone knows Big J, you know what I mean? So uh, I'm surprised he didn't break like six of my ribs. Um, so it was definitely a cool competition. I love doing stuff like that. I would love to uh, to be able to compete in some more grappling tournaments. Um, 
I hope they have, you know, they have some more. I'm not sure how active they are right now, but that would be definitely something. That's always going to be something down the road. You know, the, the, the jiu-jitsu game is something you don't lose. You know what I mean? Like wrestling, obviously I can't compete, you know, in wrestling anymore, you know, competitively, but jiu-jitsu, it's, it's in our blood, man. It's just like, you know, competition. We want to, we feed off of it. So definitely that's uh, something I look forward to. And I can see where as, as fighters, as, as you've been doing it over and over and over, it takes longer to recover after fights and all that sort of stuff. But looking at, at 2021, if you, what's the number uh, in your head that you're like, how many times you would like to see yourself competing? Three times. I want to get back on the horse again. I want to stay as active as I've ever been. And it's been a while, you know, since I've been able to have three fights in a year. And um, that's what we did when we first got in the UFC. The first few years, man, we had three fights, you know, throughout the years. Um, throughout, you know, each calendar year. And I, w I would really, really love to uh, see myself staying, you know, um, staying active and uh, just keep fighting the, the best guys out there. There was a video that the UFC released the other day. It was a little Twitter one. It was the highlights of you. Did you did you go and take a peek at that? And it showed you. It started right off the bat. It had a little teaser view and uh, Diego stare, Sanchez, the and they're just yeah. throwing down in the middle. <laughs> when you watch stuff like that, what what do you think? Do you ever look at it and you're like, oh, I can't believe I did that, or is that like, man, that was awesome? I mean, when you watch stuff like that, your highlights over your career. What are your thoughts when you when you look back at those? I mean, because you're looking back with 2020 vision, you know, oh, maybe I would have did this better. Maybe I would do this different. But when you watch those highlights, what goes through your head? Yeah, I really want to thank the UFC for putting on that uh, that collaboration, that video. Uh, it definitely raised a lot of buzz in the MMA world, and uh, it sparked something to me again. You know, people, they ask, you know, when's that, that old school carpenter coming back out again? The hammer, you know what I mean? And uh, he's always in here. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of time. Uh, you know, we just got to push that button, land the gas pedal like we always do. So, um, yeah, what I would have done differently in that fight is not backed up to the cage immediately when Diego came rushing at me. And uh, that was, uh, I guess, the start of fight of the year that year. So, um, but yeah, there's definitely, uh, there's a lot left in this gas tank, man. We got a reserve tank set on full. And, and lastly, you talk about afterwards, you're going to do a lot of fishing, but are we also going to maybe see some coaching at, at Team Alpha Male? Is that something that you're hoping to maybe transition afterwards? Are we going to see uh, Coach Guida in there uh, helping to foster the next generation? Um, I, you know, I, we got some of the best coaches in the world over at Team Alpha Male right now. We got uh, such a good stable of fighters. We get to learn from some of the best guys, you know, starting with the general himself, Uri Faber, and, uh, you know, going down the line. Uh, Danny Lascal Castillo, longtime UFC veteran. Uh, Coach Joey Rodriguez, uh, Joey Rodriguez, they're in the, the uh, building with us here today and um, you know Mikey Malott, uh, coach Chris Holdsworth, um, Andre Feely is becoming one of those guys who's just a student of the game and he just passes on the knowledge so well it's amazing to see him study and pass on while he's still highly highly competitive so um, coaching wrestling is one of my passions I've been coaching for about a decade you know in the youth and um, high school level so I see that's um, you know my sights more you know in a wrestling room and um, Always be a fight fan, you know what I mean? But uh, I love watching these kids, these young kids develop, you know, in wrestling and then see them go on to mixed martial arts. That's my passion. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. You, you've been in the game so long. Memories of Strike Force WC. Uh, remember, your brother used to come to the ring with you. I, one of the memories I have of you guys hit, slapping you in the face and everything <laughs> and getting you all charged up. What kind of discussions do you have with your brother now about the, you know, still being in the game after all this time? Well, I can um, thank my brother for all the success I've had, you know, in the sport. I can attest this to him because it all, it's, it all started, you know, because of him way, way back in the day. He was started uh, when I was working on a fishing boat out in Alaska. 
he was fighting at the Boot Scootin' Bingo Hall in, uh, in Indiana for Chaz Bowling. Remember, you guys remember Chaz? And then like Total Fight Challenge, Hook and Shoot, um, what, there's Ironheart Crown. We're talking the old school Midwest ones, you know what I mean? So he's the one that got our start with, uh, you know, Joey Gilbert and Gilbert Grappling. And um, so it's definitely, you know, my brother started it off, man. And uh, without him, I wouldn't be here today. And so we just got to look back now. We laugh at some of the, the, the stories we had, the travels. You know, he's fought in Poland. He's fought in Finland. He fought all over the world. He fought Bobby Lashley. He fought uh, Travis View multiple times, Jeremy Horn, you name it. I remember when he was on The Ultimate Fighter, in one of his interviews, he said he'd fight Chuck Liddell for 50 bucks in a 30-pack of old style. I was like, oh, my gosh, dude, what are you talking about, Jay? But that's just how he was, man. You know what I mean? That's where I think we get the nitty-gritty toughness from him and my old man, my dad. And uh, just, uh, you know, blue-collar dudes going out there doing what they love, not for the money. Yeah, it's nice to, you know, make a living off of it and have financial freedom because of it. But we got into the sport because, you know, of wrestling. We got into the sport because we love to go out there and compete. We love to just get our hands on dudes and just throw them around. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I owe it all to my brother, and uh, he's on a, pl a plane right out, out here right now, and he's super pumped to be in Vegas and to see that his little brother is still um, able to compete at the highest level. And um, I love having him in my corner. And, um, yeah, like I said, it all started with him and on a wrestling mat a long time ago. And you said you had a lot left in the gas tank still. And so is it just, are you, are you looking for the accolades of a belt, or is it just that competition and the driving you. Yeah, you know what? It's a couple things, man. Uh, yeah, the competition drives me more than anything, and there's a couple things I still want to accomplish. I want to be the dude in the lightweight division or in the, all the UFC that either has the most fights at the end of his career, the most UFC fights ever, um, and the most takedowns ever in the UFC. And I think right now we're in the top five list of takedowns, and um, to me that means a lot being a, a kid that never excelled in wrestling, you know what I mean, being from a junior college, and um, was always kind of right there a little bit, and uh, I think there's a lot to be said for that, that uh, sometimes hard work, you know, outworks talent when talent doesn't work hard. So having a lot of takedowns in the UFC, having that record would be, uh, would be pretty cool for me. But we'll be counting. All right. You're going to get a few to be counting again Saturday night then. So a battle of veterans there, Clay Guida versus Michael Johnson, Cole Coffee. Both of them had nice energy. Both of them, I think, kind of admitted yeah. they need a win. Uh, anything stand out from, from either one of them to you? You know, it's funny. Like, Clay is another cat that's been doing it for so long. But <clears throat> just everything about it when you when you chat with him, there's, is, there's, like a, there's weird two sides of the coin. One, I feel like this is the guy I feel like I can watch for years and years to come because, right. I mean, he keeps himself in great shape. He goes out there and he gives it all every time, you know. This is like the the, the complete, you know, anti all these guys that are like, I don't like to spar in my training. <laughs> I just – I don't do anything. <laughs> this is the guy that's like, you know – I, I just feel like he goes into training and the guys are like, oh, shit, Clay's here. It's spar day. Like, we're literally going to get our asses whipped today. I mean, I, I just love his energy, and I'm just I'm amazed uh, that still after doing it for so long that he still comes into a fight week with that sort of level of excitement to keep doing it. But he's he's uber respectful. He's uber – he understands uh, how good it is for them to be able to kind of keep doing it. So I loved hearing that from him. Um, and Johnson, um, I like the maturity of, you know, it's not like I ever felt like he was like this wild man and was like just going out crazy, but I thought it was 
incredibly um, humbling of him to, yeah. you know, sort of just break down his past faults and whatever, which shows that it's going to be a good fight, you know. And, you know, what's great about these two guys is, is neither one of these guys are the kind of guy that's like, I'm going to sit back and let, let the fight come to me. Right. You know, let me just sit back and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counterpunch. You know, like neither one of those guys nah, is going to do it. it so, so both of these guys coming, coming into this fight week, they both looked good. They both had great energy today um it should be a lot of fun but you're right these are these are two cats that um for me you know um coming in and working for the ufc i remember when michael johnson first came on i remember i was thinking like man who's this young pup man and he was just superstar you know type qualities with just like you could tell that in his mind, he's like, my shit don't stink. You know, he's like, <laughs> he was like, I got this. He has a swag. Yeah, and then some. You know, there have been, you know, multiple humbling outings that sure. came. You know, so to see the new version of uh, Michael Johnson, uh, it's inc- it's incredible. It's it's. I feel lucky to have seen um, sort of the story arc for some of these characters as their character has progressed. You know into the later stages of their career. So I'm looking forward to a, a, a good fight between these two. And, you know, this is the kind of – what's cool about these is neither one of these guys are going to talk junk about each other. They're just right. going to go in there, give 110%. And then when it's done, you know, they're going to shake hands and uh, and it's we're all going to feel good after it, yep. you know. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. And, uh, you know, Clay got me thinking about <clears> – <throat> fishing which was good too like <laughs> it's a good dude like i mean like you think like you know he could be nearing the end of his career and he could you know i asked him if he wanted to go into coaching and for him to just you know he was like i want to you know he want the i love the fact that he wants to get back to wrestling, to wrestling. which yeah. is what most uh if you ask a lot of the uh, at least the old school mma fighters what is going right what is america doing right that's contributing to the growth of MMA and this other stuff, wrestling. and a lot of them wrestling. Wrestling. So I love that he is. Uh, instead of saying like, "Hey, I'm going to go open up an MMA gym. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, teach the next generations of strikers." You know, he's like, he loves the the fact of giving back to what got him mm-hmm. to where he is. You know, so I thought that was, it was incredible. It was two guys that had matured a lot, and uh, you know. Uh, it was it was really really neat. It was it was interesting to see it. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that fight because it's two it's two guys that you know are going to give 110 percent and uh, you know it I, it can't stink. I, I agree. That fight cannot stink. I agree. I, it's I 100 percent agree. I could see how some people might say, ah, it's two guys on losing streaks. I don't care. I'm excited to see it. All right, let's step briefly outside of UFC Fight Night 184. You know, listen, a lot of discussion has been on the UFC's lightweight division, and it continues to play out in front of our eyes. So, Cold Coffee, I want to get your thoughts on things because, man, you know, we sat here a week ago and we talked about what Dis- Dustin Poirier's motives were and what he was angling for and, and what he was trying to make happen. And, man, I feel like it's playing out just like we said it might, <laughs> might yeah. play out where I don't know how the fight's going to come. I feel like we're – Tell me if I'm wrong here. I feel like we're moving more towards a UFC lightweight title fight taking place without him being involved in it, which I have to say I find a little shocking. But I honestly feel like – because I don't think – man, oh, I don't think you can come back and do the trilogy with Connor and put the fight and put the belt on the line again. Yeah. Can you? I mean, It would be really you? weird. It would be really, really weird. I mean, I have to think too, like – he was able to one have probably the biggest payday of his career, but also 
he created a huge amount of buzz after this last fight. So I remember the first time I got a, a decent enough paying job that I was able to cover all my bills. Right. Like, you know, after like you get that paycheck and you're yeah, like, yeah. oh my gosh, I can cover all my bills. And then yeah. you're like, wow, I feel really, really good. He was, I'm sure, able to do so much incredible good after that one fight that that feeling had to feel so good that when it came down to, you know, choosing what the next step for his career and he and he's he's made no qualms about you know he wants to provide for his family he wants right. to do the right things so i'm sure some discussions happen after the fact but also being able to do like what i said be able to to cover and pay off a lot of things be able to set up his his foundation and do a lot of things i can see where i'd want to ride that high as well and and get that pay because yes. Just like we said as it's, well, when hey, we talk about Oliver fighting, right? You're doing it for money. You're doing it for money, and that Oliver fight is a very, very dangerous, Ooh, dangerous super fight. Dangerous, and there is that risk. Not that he's afraid to fight him, but think of it the fact of is Connor going to be as willing to go back for that immediate trilogy, knowing that you just lost in between? Connor's he has multiple opportunities at the uh, at the ready. That Diaz fight will always be there. That will always be a possibility. Said that from day one. They could both have five losses in a row, and they could still and they could still do that. And yep. and Dustin knows that that fight would be people would rather see Diaz fight Connor again than to see Dustin fight Connor again. Uh, and no offense to Dustin, it's just that there's one fight that has there was respect, but there was heat. Right. With the Diaz and McGregor, with what we saw from Connor and Dustin was awesome because it was was respect. And competition. That was very, very cool. And both of them uh, got to do some really good things off to the side as well. Charities were helped. People were able to be helped. So it was human cockfighting with a heart, you know. I mean, it, <laughs> it was wonderful. But, though, you know, if, if Connor is – Connor's also a fickle sort of beast because he has a lot of opportunities and has a lot of things. And it's almost like you got to, like, keep somebody's attention. Hey, hey, keep – no, 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 right, right. no. Don't look away. Don't wait. Don't look away. Look back here. Look back here. Right. You know, because and that's the same thing that happened with Diaz. After a while, Diaz was like, "Let's do it again. Let's right. do it again." And Connor was like, eh, "Nope, my intentions is over here." And it, where are we at now? It hasn't happened still. Right. So um, I can see where, if anything, he's trying to chirp and make it happen. It was competitive, even though it didn't initially see that first round. I remember watching that first round, thinking like, "Wow, Connor's hitting him a couple times." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's rocking yeah, him a little yeah. bit. So there is that, but. I don't fault him for it because honestly, if it doesn't take place, if if it if it doesn't get something set up or Connor doesn't start chirping about it, that fight probably won't happen for it's the just, rest of the year. Here, here's what I think. Here, here's what I think is that you're and you're absolutely right. Like, I, I'm sure the Connor fight was the biggest paycheck he's ever had, and I'm yep. sure if they were to do it again, it'd still be a huge paycheck. Whether yep. it would be bigger or not, I don't know. Like I don't know. Would there be more interest this time around at the belt? I, I'm not sure. Only with the belt would there oh, would there be more would interest? There be more would there be more? Because that would give a, a, a unique story to it, right? Right. But I honestly just don't feel like that's right to put the belt on that fight. Not that the UFC is, you know, not like the UFC has never created title fights that didn't seem to make sense. Yeah. You know, Jose Aldo, was his last title fight? Did he deserve it? I don't know. You know what I mean? There's been, you know, Chael Sonnen's has it. So there's, it's not like I'm trying to say the UFC has never done this. So it wouldn't shock me to say, okay, they're going to put the trilogy fight and they're going to put the belt on the line. But I don't think it's right. I, I, I just, I don't. I'm being honest with you. I, I don't think it's right. I'm not yeah. saying it couldn't happen, but I don't think it's right. So here's what I think. Now, if Dustin can get Connor three and the lightweight title on the line, that is probably dream scenario, right? It's yeah. another huge payday and the belts on the line. 
But if it's Connor three with no belt, or it's Poirier Oliveira for a title, or Poirier, I know he said he won't fight Chandler, but maybe they could maybe they could talk some numbers and change his mind. I just for him as a man and for him as a fighter and an athlete and his journey, I feel like the confirmation of winning the lightweight title, the undisputed lightweight title, would just mean so much to a guy that has sacrificed everything from yep. the time he was a you know a, a little kid growing up in this game. And so I, I, it's weird because I know you can't fault a man for chasing the most money possible. Yep. But if the two options are on, on the table are Connor three for no belt or o- Oliveira for the belt, I hope he would take Oliveira. And I know it's a challenging fight. I know it's tough. But I think about the validation and the confirmation that that would give to him and his wife and his family and, you know, for all – for the Good Fight Foundation. And I mean, because that – I mean, once – look, not that there's – not that there's anything wrong with an interim title. And he does have a belt sitting in a trophy case at his house. Right. You know what I mean? But when you're former world champion, not former interim world champion, when you're former world champion, that does something for your profile for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? That allows your – I would imagine it allows your charitable power to be even greater. And I, I know beating Conor McGregor would probably put a few more bucks in, in, in the bank, and I can't fault him if that's the decision he makes. But I just feel like, for again, that confirmation – the idea of him being an undisputed world champion, I think, would mean so much. And I, I don't know. I just I hope the next lightweight title fight doesn't take place without him in it. You know, he's still under contract. It's, it's like the counter fight would have been a one-off contract, right? Yes. You know, so depending on what they would even offer for the the belt, say it was against Oliveira, if they didn't change anything, and he was still under his contract that he normally pays, and I don't know if it's changed any. So looking at disclosed salaries, he when he fought Dan Hooker, he's a one fifty one fifty. That's three hundred thousand dollars. Right. So say roughly if he even made three million, four million, five million for a Connor fight right. without a title. That's huge. That's huge. That's a lot of money. Even if, even, even, even if, which they won't, he fought Oliveira for the title and they offered him five hundred grand, which they won't. Because you're not a champion, and he hasn't got to that route already. Right. There's maybe the possibility they'll do something. And they'll do something different. But they're not obligated unless, because uh, I don't think they go into the thing. Well, if you're already under contract, it's not like they're going to change it just because you're going into a title fight. Right. Maybe there is the possibility they could do anything they want. They're, they're sure. the business. They can change and do whatever they want. And I'm sure they have a lot of respect for Poirier. And especially know? in this case, if they're trying to make him. If they're trying to sweeten the deal to actually go and make the fight, they have that route, so they right. can go that route. But I still, in my mind, think that five hundred thousand is probably the tops he would make if they sweeten the deal, unless for some reason they're like, "Oh my gosh, this card sucks. We're gonna we're gonna bump you up to a million. But you have to be able to have the buys for it. I just don't think that the the, the people are gonna jump out to the same to like what you're gonna get for like a Connor and for Dustin. So in my mind. I agree with you that when it comes to at the end of the day, you know, yes, it's great to say you're the the undisputed champion or whatever, but he's already had an interim title, and his little girl already thinks he's a champion, and dad was a champion. Right. 
But the difference of being able to provide for the rest of his family, for her, for the rest of her life, getting through, I mean, she's, she's getting older. She's, she's a young lady right now, but soon she's going to get older. Soon she's going to want to go to college. Soon all this other things. Yep. And knowing if he can get one fight and earn possibly 10 times the amount of money for what he can get in an Oliveira fight, if they didn't sweeten the deal, or even if they did, to me, it's a, it's like a, it's, I get it, but as a man, I would think like I could swallow my pride knowing that I can provide. <laughs> if I'm providing the difference of like money that can literally change, and that's not even counting the 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 the, um, the eyeballs that got drawn towards his foundation, you know, the money that Connor and them threw in. Um, I'm sure the UFC maybe even threw in something as well, you know. So I can see where part of him says like you know. Yes, I want to be the undisputed champion. At the end of the day, I want to say I was the undisputed champion, but I guarantee at the end of the day, when you got those extra zeros at the, in the bank, he's gonna be fine with himself. You know what's funny? He's is, gonna be absolutely fine. As you were uh, as you were saying that, I don't know why this came to mind, but you know what what came to my mind as you were talking about that Pulp Fiction, the Marcellus Wallace quote, where he's like, "That's pride fucking with you. Fuck pride." That's Pride it. only hurts. It never helps. <laughs> you fight through that shit. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, don't take that, that pride. That's, you know, and that's, take that money, baby. And take that's that money. Really, and that's really it. I mean, it'd be one thing if, okay, say if you were already well off and you didn't need it and it wasn't about the money. That's easy for a single man that's 24, 25, right. 27 in your career when you can still have a whole other career to ongoing – this is a man that has a family, that has a young girl. He's only got the one daughter, right? I believe so. So, I mean, like, but this is – he's already just made money that's completely changed the way that he's yeah. able to, to live and set up uh, his life outside of fighting. One more big fight, he's he's good. The way that he seems like he handles his money and the way right. that it seems like – one more good fight like that, he can then just fight for fun. He's getting he's getting a lot of value for his money in Lafayette, Louisiana. That's for sure. And you're and you know what? I, I think you know. Okay, now you said ten times. I bet as a former interim champion, I bet he does have points for title fights written into his contract because he is a former interim champion. So he would probably have a champion clause written in there. But conservatively, so points even if only if it's a pay per view. Only if it's a pay per view title fight. Conservatively, I would say a Connor fight makes tw twice the money of an Oliveira fight. Three times, three times, easy. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about if you're talking about basically, we're, we're getting down to pay. Yeah, four times, five times. I mean, a Poirier Oliveira headliner. I mean, are we in the three hundred thousand range, something around that? Of the whereas, buys. Yeah. Whereas with 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 uh, Connor, you're talking. A million, 1.1, 1.2. So, yeah, I bet you Connor make, and Dustin didn't need a co-main right. to carry it. No, all by itself. Oliveira and Poirier needs a co-main to carry it. Hell, it could be a co-main depending on what the – That's it. I mean, yeah, depending on the fight card, it could be a co-main. If, if they said John Jones is fighting so-and-so for the heavyweight, that would, be, that would be the co-main event. That would, right. be a, that would be that would be that would be something. Because if right. he did a, if he did a points, then that would be a good one to be on. I'd be more than happy if I was him. I'd be like, I'm getting points on a on a Jones. Okay, there so you go. So. It's points on Jones Nganu, and you're fighting Oliveira for the title. He would do it. Then I would think. That, I would think because now you're probably course. talking eight nine hundred thousand buys somewhere around there. Like yes, it's, a, it's comparable to a Connor. Yes, that <sighs> would that would make sense. But 
just on its own, I, I can't fault the dude for wanting to, to run it back. I, I really, really can't. I mean, undisputed, disputed, whatever, interim, this, this, this. I mean... You always have a way of talking me out of things. Well, so that's I, just the difference. In my head, I was thinking about like what this would mean for his life, but, at the, you know... I think an extra few million I, in the bank say, would do a lot know, for his life. Like, hey, man, that belt sure is pretty over there, but you know what's even better? That two million they put in the bank for me, man. That extra wing <laughs> on the house that we built, <laughs> knowing that my, my baby girl's already got her college paid. Uh, that's so true. All right, listen, before we get back to USC <laughs> Fight Night 184, I did want to uh, – we, we had a, a listener question. You know, We always say if you're over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, you, uh, you can send us questions, and we will address them every time. This is from our good friend Goonbag, who's been supporting us for quite some time, but – uh, it's a little, and, and I didn't I didn't share this one with you, um, but hopefully you can swing this cold coffee. He actually doesn't have a question for either one of us. He has a question for Mark Hunt, uh, and it's the <laughs> middle of the afternoon right now over in Australia. So I'm going to give you a second to kind of reach out to him to kind of make the connection. I'm sure that, uh, like I said, it's mid afternoon. I'm sure you get the connection. I, I didn't warn you about this, so I know the technology. Mark, Mark, are you there? A little bit tough, but it sounds like you've made the connection. And and listen. What Goonbag wants to know is, uh, from Mark Hunt, of course, is how do you think Paige Van Zant will perform under the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship banner? Of course, she's fighting this Friday night. Knuckle Mania is running wild. Uh, and uh, if you could, I don't know if Mark Hunt can actually hear me right now, but uh, if Mark can hear me, Mark, how do you think Paige Van Zant will perform uh, in her Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship debut? And is there a future for her there? <laughs> Oh, we lost him. That was it. Oh, that's all we got. <laughs> oh, that sucks. That sucks. Well, I think he got. I think he got his point across. I think he didn't seem too amused by it. <laughs> oh, it sucks, Mark. Where'd you go? I, I really thought he was gonna say more. I, I, well, he, he was kind of amused. I've got to be it, honest. Goonback said he, he'd like for us to talk to Mark Hunt a little more often. So <laughs> I, I didn't know if I should warn you uh, to make that connection ahead of time, or if it was better to make it on the fly. Yeah, I, I should probably I should probably talk with him um, and, and set that maybe up. Maybe let him know. Maybe we can have a more routine <laughs> appointment. So we'll we'll talk to him about that. Hey, I did want to ask you about what you think. About. I'm glad he was he was he was I really mean, quick to answer his phone. That was really really good. <laughs> so there you go, Goonback. Uh, maybe not the full answer you were looking for, but it was so nice of him to join us on short notice. Uh, Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it, Shout out to the Super Samoan. Uh, I I, want to share something on Paige Van Zandt. This is crazy to me. We got an email to MMA Junkie, and I'm I'm just going to read you this. This I don't know. (laughs) I'm sick and tired of hearing about her. She sucked in the UFC and is already talking her way out of bare-knuckle fighting. Will you people stop giving such an average fighter all this attention? She's nothing more than a has-been hoe who stays relevant by flaunting her ass on social media and her boyfriend is a punk for going along with it. What the hell is wrong with people? What is wrong with people? How could somebody incite this much anger into you that you want to reach out to MMA Junkie to say all these terrible words about Paige Van Zandt? People are weird, man. People are weird. And at first, I was wondering if that was still him saying, "What the hell is wrong, people?" <laughs> I was like, "Wow, he this guy is really, really no, upset." Oh man, I, I was just, I just, I, I, part of me wanted to just publish so, this guy's email address so people could hit him up. It was just so there's, weird. There's so many weird phrases in or, or parts of that that almost just need discussion. One, it's like, okay, he's obviously very angry because he he wanted to degrade her right from the get go and call her hoe. I'm like, we have no reason to believe that she is. You know, sexually promiscuous, which is what I'm assuming that that's what he means by the hoe, you know. But one, two, like, then he wants to criticize her husband for supporting his wife. Uh, Like, 
That's so kind of what that's kind of what husbands do. So bizarre. Um, dude, just relax. And I mean, Paige Van Zandt for a while there was the one that the UFC was really pushing as this is a possibility. This is this up and comer, whatever. Right. So she became part of our MMA lives. You know, we all paid attention to her for a while. Her career in the UFC didn't pan out to what it was, but it doesn't mean that we immediately just, you know, wash our hands and like, oh, here you go, you're yep. good. So the fact that she's transitioning into another career, of course, we're going to at least reach out that. to pay attention just to see what happens. We've covered other fights in, in BKFC because whether you like the bare knuckle or not, I mean, it is a, a combat phenomena that's kind of happening right now. So, of course, we're going to pay attention. But, you know, me being the guy that's sitting here trying to tell you the fight of the nights. They're tuning in. This is an attractive, you know, she's an attractive woman that happens to fight. So, I mean, there is interest in the fact that somebody could choose one career and, and just want to play off and look good and have people, you know, pay money or just be some woman that just wants to be on somebody's hand, shoulder and, you know, Provide for me, provide me. She's a woman that's chosen a career. She's choosing her own path. She's trying to forge her own route. Her own route. And the fact that she's an attractive female can't fault her for that. Hey, yeah. that's that's good for you. But she's still doing a sport sport that most of us would never want to step in and actually do ourselves. Hell so no. you got to give her a hell of a lot of respect for that. And then the fact that she's got a supportive husband. Oh man. Bad on you, girl. How dare you find a husband that's actually supporting you for for doing what you want to do? So, I just can't get why somebody why it could be eliciting so much anger that one that we're gonna of course cover it because that's what we do. I mean, bare knuckle, unfortunately or fortunately, whatever. It's still a combat sport that if an MMA fighter is gonna cross over into bare knuckle fighting, we're gonna cover it. Yep. When an MMA fighter wants to do a celebrity crazy boxing match. We're gonna cover it. Yep. If a celebrity want uh, a fighter wants to go over and do, uh, you know, I was gonna say dance with the stars, which oddly Paige did, but if they want to <laughs> go and be on the 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 masked singer, we're gonna cover we're it. Gonna cover it. You know, these are people that live in the sport, so of course we're gonna give it some looks. I mean, if you want us to start covering the crazy shit on the White House, you want us, you you want that? Is that what you'd rather? Is that what you'd rather us to cover Parliament? You know, the the stuff that's happening over in you know England or the blah blah blah. Bro, the fact that we can have um, combat sports and and be able to talk about this sort of stuff, who cares? If you don't if you don't like the one little bit that we're we're doing it, just go to a different article. We got other stories. There's other stories, other stories. or whatever. But we're putting up twenty stories a day. Go click on something else. I'll tell you. Well, by the it's way, it's just crazy that people that get that uh, that that weirded out. Me out I would. It would be interesting to see what they think about real shit. You know, like real stuff. What do you think about, you know, like heaven forbid what they're trying to do, the Second Amendment and other stuff? Like, you know, like <laughs> oh, you're getting fired. Yeah. I don't know nothing about that. Nah, I uh, just hate Patriots. Uh, I'll tell and you her, what. And her caring husband. By the way, shout out to Austin Vanderford, man. One of the nicest dudes you'll ever He's meet. a good dude, man. Really good dude. Okay, here's what I do want to say about Patriots, man. I'm really interested to see how this thing performs. And, I, and I'm not saying this is necessarily a financial make or break uh, for BKFC because I don't pretend <sighs> to know exactly their finances. But I feel like it is. Like, yeah. there's there's no way you can't tell the me. The kind of money that like, supposedly I, I, they're look, throwing at her? Even this Woo. dude right here, even this dude right here is still going to watch her highlight when it shows up on Instagram yep. and Twitter tomorrow night. Like, That's everybody it. wants – like, dude, you cannot tell me if you're a combat sports fan that you're not interested yep. in finding out what happens in this Paige fans and Bare Knuckle yep. fight because you are. Yep. Now, here's the question to me is, are you interested enough to pay for the pay-per-view or – 
and here's the other thing is that look, nope. That's it. Well, that's what I mean, and I'm, and I'm not. I'm not trying to disrespect. I'm not trying to disrespect. I'm Patriots. interested and in the I'm whole fight of it, but I'm just like, I'm not going to shell them. That's money out what I'm for wondering it. about, man. Especially right now during these times and yeah. all that. Um, I think everybody cares, and and look, yeah. and bare knuckle. You know, me. You, you know, you got Dana White talking about, you know, come on, Pirates, bring it on, because we're coming after you. No disrespect to BKFC, but they don't have the resources that the UFC has to yeah. crack down on anti-piracy. I guarantee you the clip of her fight, win or lose, is going to be everywhere yep. on social media within seconds. And I guarantee you it's going to do insane views because yep. everybody cares about what the result is. I just don't know if they're going to pay for it. And as you said, you know, Paige and, and her management, you know, they, they, they've said, like, dude, this is a legit, you know, like million-dollar type contract. Now, I don't know if it's a million-dollar fight, but a million-dollar contract – I can only um, imagine because what'd she say? Did she say five times more that's, or, that's or she something? Yep, yeah, she said she's. I think she said ten times. Maybe she? ten times. Ten times the forty and forty. So I mean, if she if, if, now does that mean that she's making four hundred? Because it's ten times the guaranteed money. Does it yeah. mean ten times the forty and forty? Did she mean it literally, or did she mean it figuratively? Like, I'm making like ten times that, where really it's three times, but it just feels and like even that, then that it's a lot. Maybe. maybe not that they've – I don't think they've ever done sort of a win-loss structure over there. I think right. they're just kind it's of just a, a flat, flat one. Rate. So, you know, I could see where if it, if there was sort of, sort of like, well, if you win, we're going to get this. But I think they just sort of do a flat rate. But when you put it like that, I didn't really think about that. I could see where it could be still 400, which seems reasonable, which is still a heavy lift on them because that still takes quite a few pay-per-views just on her half of it. Dude. She's she's done her job. Yeah, she's generated the interest. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, trust me, there are more people talking about this bare knuckle event than probably you know basically like the first one. Everybody's like, what the hell? Yeah. But they've done a lot of events since then that people have just been like, eh. you know, yeah. and the, the crossover. You know, obviously when you had Lobov and Malinaji in there, like people talked about that one because yeah. and, th- and that's what they had to. So this is kind of of that vein where it's like, oh my god, everybody's talking about it, but. How many buys are they going to do? That's what yeah. that's what interests me. At least at least with with Lobov Malinaji, I think more people were interested in buying that because they wanted to yeah. they wanted to you know what I mean? Because that, that was a like, huge crossover. That people was want, a that, big I mean, that crossover. Was, that's a legit boxer, former champ, right? Yep. You know, and then fighting an MMA guy. I'm the not goat. sure. I'm not sure what her competitors' history is. Right. I I can be honest. Say I know nothing about her competitor. At this point, I don't know if she's just an amateur boxer, if right. she's an amateur MMA fighter. I have no idea about, uh, you know, the fact. I know that when I watched the clip of their little face-off today, it was so funny. Just sort of like, it just felt very WWE-ish. You know, almost like it was a little bit of a setup between the two. But right. maybe it was real heat. Maybe, I don't know. You don't walk up into the goods, you know, and, and then expect to not get a, a a punch in the throat or whatever. Clearly, we've learned that from lingerie fighting championships. Yes, we've seen that. You don't you don't <laughs> touch the goods. You don't touch the goods. That's where mama makes her money. Um, but... It did feel a little – it felt a little WWE it, there, it, didn't it? It the- felt a little WWE, and if that's the route that they're trying to go, I'm not going to fall. But, again, it's, it's, it's already getting mad views, and it's going to yeah. continue to get mad views. I just don't know if it's going to translate into those pay-per-view boxes. Yeah, it's tough asking people to uh, – I mean, we already see it in, even in the UFC ones. Nobody, it's not like everybody buys every pay-per-view, and it sucks because they even raised in another what – Five bucks, five bucks, four or five bucks, you know. I mean, like, times are tough. They're finding it harder and harder for people to actually pull that wallet out and and, and pay for it, especially with, you know, 
the the stuff on the the ESPN Plus, like you're getting a lot of fight cards for quote free mm-hmm. after you, you're behind the paywall. So then when you you know you're asking people to pay even more, I mean it's just too much for me personally. A BKFC event is just too much money for what I get out of it, so right. I don't end up buying most of those cards. Um, while I am very interested in the page fight, I'm also more than happy waiting to find the results the next mm-hmm. day. Um, but if somebody puts the clip online, of course I'm going to click it. Yeah. And I think every person in there that's out there Absolutely that is a combat sports lover is going to look for that clip and going to be searching the web for it. But unfortunately, it doesn't translate well into pay-per-view buys and that it just makes you worry about the overall business model of how they stay functional and how they keep running something has to happen to where they almost need to have a partnership with somebody to keep money coming because the way that they seem to be doing these events and the amount of pay that they're doing it doesn't seem sustainable by any means i just I don't understand it, you know. I get it, man. Like, uh, I mean, dude, if it was on like Fight Pass or something like that, where they're getting guaranteed money. Come on, man. That's it. It'd be. I think it'd be solid, but I, I just don't know how many people are gonna are gonna want to buy it. By the way, if you're, if you're looking for other reasons to buy it, uh, Chris Lieben is on there. If you're an MMA fan, Chris Lieben's on oh, there. Johnny man. Bedford's on there as well. So, I mean, there is some MMA crossover. They're pulling out every stop. Like those are the ones that they they put on when they hope that the card can get some sort of traction. It's, it's forty bucks. <sighs> Forty bucks. They need to drop twenty bucks at least. I know. I think it. Maybe. maybe. I don't Even know. if it was like twenty nine ninety five, you have a better chance of somebody buying it. I think thirty nine ninety nine might have been a little too high in the That's price. Too point. high. That's too high. It really, really. And I is. want. I, look, I'm not. I'm not hating. I, I'm. I'm seriously not hating. People will care. People want to see this. So I'm just being honest, man. I don't know how well this is going to translate into buys. So people will click, man. Oh, people that's will. that's that's a hot. Ugh, man, that's tough. That's tough because you. I, I. I mean, it's not like it's not MMA. It's not whatever. But I like the fact that there's another combat sports and they put some interesting sort of fun little things off to the side. I want them to be able to survive. But at that, if you're outpricing your goods to where nobody's going to do it, I think you just you're just hurting yourself. If I think if they could easily cut, you know, ten dollars off of the pay per view. I think would translate into easily another hundred thousand buys or something. I agree. Maybe even, maybe, maybe more. But I don't know. I don't know what kind of numbers they do for their pay-per-views. I don't know if they release that information. But um, if you're outpricing, you know, what the general interest is, you're never going to recoup the cost, especially if they're paying, you know, her what could be easily four hundred to eight hundred thousand. Let's just stick with that range: four yeah. to eight hundred thousand. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. If it's so, even at four hundred thousand dollars, if it's at forty dollars, that's a, you need a hundred thousand pay per view buys just to cover her end. You're not covering anybody else's. You need a hundred thousand buys just for hers. If she's at eight hundred thousand, that then it starts getting sickening. Then you start thinking like, there's no way that they're going to be able to do this without some sort of external like source of money coming in. I mean, I gotta think they're a little bit nerve wracking. They've gotten the attention. They've gotten everybody's attention. We'll just find out if they get their wallet on Friday night. Uh, yeah. All right, back to UFC Fight Night 184. I will say uh, the rest of the main card is is pretty solid. Menel Cobb versus Alexandra Pantoja is a solid flyweight fight. 
Really excited to see the debut of Manuel Cop in the UFC. Uh, if you're not aware of his career, he's a very, very exciting fighter. And I mean, think about it. He was brought in as a backup to a title fight in his UFC debut. Yeah, in his debut. You know what I mean? So that I just, you know, and obviously that wasn't an ideal situation for what the UFC would have wanted. But I think that tells you how much they respect of what he's done outside when was the of the last organization. Time, outside of like a Michael Chandler. Yeah. I mean, when that, does it happen? That tells you a lot about what they, yeah. they think of that guy. And and look at what Michael Chandler did in his yeah. debut. You know, and I do always think it is cool. Like to Star to, Boy to come in and get your uh, to get a little taste of it, you know what I mean? To get yeah. kind of some of the jitters out of the way, figure out the thing. It's got to be a lot more comfortable. Uh, Alessandro Pantoja is a legit fighter. Uh, the oddsmakers have this as basically a pick 'em. Um, I think this is going to be it, it, circle this one as one that could be just absolutely outstanding. Uh, I am a big fan of the flyweight division. I know it's not always the most popular division, but I think it's fantastic. That could easily be one of the ones where somebody afterwards is like. Who the heck was this guy? 100% easy, about that. Easy. 100% about that. Asker Asker steps in on short notice to fight Cody Stamen. Uh, Asker Asker was great, by the way, in his debut uh, on the on the UFC microphone, man. He sat down at the press conference <laughs> day and was incredibly comfortable. He was just happy to see John Morgan. He was happy to see John Morgan. He's, he's like, I pictured this. I've known, you know what I mean? He's like, I, he's like I've, I've seen what this looks like. I've seen you asking the first question. First question. You know? He's like, I know what to expect. You know? So that's great. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to play you this from Cody Stamen because – you know, the guy's had kind of a journey to get to where he is at this point, but I love the confidence that he brought to the table. And uh, listen, I think he, I don't want to say put pressure on himself, but definitely raise the expectations for what he hopes to accomplish uh, because, uh, well, I'll just let him tell you, but you know, he made it very, very clear his intentions, uh, and they are not to just simply walk away with a win. Here's Cody Stammen. Okay, talk about what this kind of stretch has been like for you, right? Anytime you suffer a setback, you know, you want to get right in there and, and get it back, and then – you know, you have to withdraw, and then you have a change of opponent and all that. So what's, what's this stretch been like for you? Uh, honestly, it, it's, been, it's been brutal. You know what I mean? Like, right after the Jimmy Rivera fight, like, I wanted – I got right back in the gym. I wanted to fight as soon as possible just because that was just such an awful performance. Uh, and you want to put those behind you as fast as you can in this sport. You know, you don't want to sit on a loss. I hate that. And so literally the first guy that comes up is Marab. And I'm like, oh, God, i got to fight this little monster. Okay, fine, I'll do it. And, you know, I, I tear my back up. I ask him for it to get pushed back a couple weeks. They can't make it happen. Uh, and then, lo and behold, he doesn't even end up fighting. We get rescheduled. Two opponent changes. Now we're here. Uh, but, hey, it was worth the wait. You know, I think Askar Askar is the kind of guy that I can have a highlight reel type performance. Um, and I couldn't be more excited. And I don't have to cut weight, you know. I mean, that's the hardest part of the whole game for me. You know, getting down to the 135-pound uh, dot is hard. It's brutally hard. And not having to do that and, you know, fighting a new guy, like, I don't get breaks like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's literally hammer after hammer after hammer. It has been since the beginning, you know. I've been, uh, you know, 2-1, to 3-1 to one underdog and, like, I was four fights in a row where I was an underdog, and now I'm finally getting a uh, fight that you know I, I should be a favorite, and and it's it's honestly it's weird. I don't even really know because it's always like I'm c going in there and everyone's you know thinking that I'm going to lose, and I'm going into a fight, and everyone's like, yeah, I think Cody's going to do pretty well. I'm like, oh, really? Cool. Thanks. <laughs> really? <laughs> What's it say? Nice. I mean, is that, is that I don't want to say difficult at all, but I mean like this guy's got everything to gain, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He comes in short notice, oh, you know. So yeah. what? But, you know, he takes you out, and all of a sudden it's like, wow. wow so, I mean, yeah. did that, He's the man, right? Right. So, I mean, did that, did that factor into your – I mean, did you have to think about that all when they offered up? No. No. I, I Verbatim, 
and I'll show you the text message. I told my manager, I was like, if anyone steps up after Marab got COVID, anyone, I'm saying yes. And then Andre stepped up, and I, I couldn't remember who he was. Like, I, I couldn't think of, I'm like, damn, who is that? And so I, I'm, I'm literally at practice asking guys, like, you know, who's, who's Andre Ewell? Like, who is this guy? I'm like, tall southpaw. I'm like, oh, shit. I was fighting a short wrestler, you know what I mean? Now I'm fighting a tall southpaw boxer. I'm like, all right, well, who's tall? I need to train with him right now. You know, because this is, like, right at the three-week mark. So everything gets switched up, and then it gets switched back. And But I just was at a point where I didn't care. You know what I mean? There had been so much work in preparation for Marab that I was at a point where it was like, dude, anybody that was, was willing to step up and fight me, I'm, I'm going to take the fight. I don't care. I, like, it, stylistically, I, I don't give a shit what it means. Did you have a chance to watch any tape? I mean, have you tried to break them down at all, or is it so short notice that you just think, Let's just go in there and, and rock and see what happens. Yeah, I watched some tape. I got an idea, like, what he likes to do, kind of what his go-to things are. Um, I think the kid, honestly, wins most of his fights wrestling, which I, I, couldn't, have, I couldn't have painted this better. You know what I mean? Uh, somebody that takes people down, and that's how they win fights. Uh, if there's one thing I trust in my MMA game more than anything, it's my wrestling defense uh, and my ability to scramble. So, like, if... if if you can take somebody and be like, okay, what's the best stylistic matchup for you? Orthodox, same height, uh, and the guy likes to wrestle. I'm like, give me that fight every every single day. You know, that's why I took the Marab fight. You know, and this is just kind of like a, a less experienced, less tenacious Marab. If if I'm looking at it like plainly. Yeah, your mindset is obviously sharp right now. I'm just curious, kind of what you feel like about where you stand in your career, right? Like you said, you fought nothing but killers. The talent is clearly there, but you're always like, you know, just when it gets to the point, you stumble down a little yeah, bit, right? Yeah. I mean, where, yeah. is it frustrating or what's, what's the feel like right now? I feel like I've just made bad decisions. You know, the Jimmy Rivera fight was a bad decision. Like I was not prepared for that fight. I, you know, obviously before I had all that heavy stuff going on in my personal life, I have a good performance against Brian Callagher and I should have taken time. I should have taken time mentally, physically to heal before jumping into a fight and honestly the only reason I took the fight was because I wanted the distraction you know what I mean I wanted something to take my mind off of the realities that were happening in my life and so I you know I I fight Jimmy Rivera and I kind of let my ego tell me that I can do I can do this you know but Jimmy's not the guy that you fight on a week's notice Jimmy's the guy that you you know what I mean you take months to prepare for because you know you don't just walk over Jimmy Rivera I mean many people have tried and it's it's never worked out for him I mean if you look at his fight before him and I fought, I mean, he fought Peter Yan, and he's winning 14 minutes of that fight. You know, he's he's a tough dude, and you need to be prepared for fights like that. So, I mean, if if I'm looking at my career, I'm looking at it as, uh, you know, just mistakes I've made. Fighting Aljamain Sterling, my, my fourth UFC fight, you know, probably not the smartest thing. I should have fought Brian Caraway, beat him, and then maybe slowed my roll a little bit. But, you know, I just get so ahead of myself, and I'm just so convinced that, like, like it doesn't matter that you put anybody in front of me. But there's a... There's a level of experience, and, and like these OGs have it, you know what I mean? They know, like, and now I guess with almost 10 UFC fights, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to figure things out, you know what I mean? There's a lot more to this game than just saying yes to fights. I mean, it's got to be smart. You got to be a little bit more meticulous with the choices that you're making. You can't just, you know, rush in, you know, balls out thinking that you're just Superman because there are some bad dudes in this division, you know what I mean? There's a a handful of guys that could kick anyone's ass on any given day. So, uh, you know, you got to be smart. And if I'm being smart, there's absolutely no reason why I can't be the UFC champion. You know what I mean? Like, I have every tool that it takes to do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's just huge hole in my game where 
uh, I was like, well, yeah, you know, his, his boxing's okay, but, you know, if we just stay at kicking range, he can't do anything. Like, I have the answer to all those questions. Like, I can beat anyone if you give me the opportunity to prepare it. But it's like I rush into these things and uh, I make bad decisions, but now I'll, I'll never do it again. You know what I mean? I made the mistake, you know, and, and I'm, I'm wise to it. I'm not doing it again. I'm going to be smart about my career from here on out, and that is going to be the reason that, you know, I'll move forward. That's awesome. Well, Saturday could be the first step in that direction, right? So what's the goal yeah. overall, man? I mean, is it, is it just going there and just, just get a win, whatever it takes, get back on the, you know, the right side of things, or is it you feel like you said it could be a highlight? Do you feel like you need to go in and make it a highlight? Uh, i got to kill him. i got to absolutely kill him. Uh, yeah, I think in my head, like, there's a million ways to beat him. I could walk out there, shoot one time, shoot a double leg, get on top of him, and I could just do that the entire time and just, just grind him out and make it nasty and make it ugly. No one would want to watch it. Everyone would be like, well, who's fighting next? I know that I can do that. Like, that's not a question. But I think when you get an opportunity like this, you need to capitalize on it. You need to be spectacular, and that's exactly what I plan to be. You know what I mean? I mean, I've got things that I do well that I've never even shown in the octagon. So uh, I'm planning on... I'm not planning on just beating Askar Askar. I'm planning on absolutely dismantling him. I mean, I don't think this guy's ever going to want to fight in the UFC again after Saturday night. It's getting hot up here. Drop, drop the mic right there, son. <laughs> Kick this fucking table over. I'm out of here, dude. <laughs> cool? All right, cool. What's funny about that, John, and I cut it out of the interview, but when he first came in and we, we – when Cody first came into the room, so oh. he sits down, he has his coffee cup, and this didn't make it. If you guys were watching the stream, you would have caught it. Um, but I cut it out of the, the audio and the clip that we put on to our YouTube, which you can catch all these uh, Fight Night 184 videos on our YouTube. So he sits down, and I was, I'm pushing in to f get the focus and then frame my shot. I notice in big old letters on his coffee cup, it says whole. So I immediately assume, like, wow, he's having whole milk, which, which is very high in, like, fat content. Right, and right. For somebody that's, like, trying to cut weight, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is, like, something I don't know when you're maybe cutting calories in area and, and if you want to have a way to feel full, but in a liquid form, maybe. I have never heard that. But I haven't either, but I was it. trying to I've justify it. I was, like, I was like, I've never seen a fighter with whole milk in his coffee right. on fight week before. I was like, so I, I, I was like, whoa, you know, like, yep. You're feeling pretty good right now. You know, you got the whole milk, and he just kind of chuckled a little bit and had that little, like, sort of smirk. And I just thought it was so funny that, you know, here we are having, like, these, like, sort of innuendo, like, ha-ha, wink, wink, nudge, nudge about whole milk and, and coffee before the <laughs> interview all happened or whatever. That but, was good. That was funny. But yeah, he was in. He was in. He was in great spirits, man. Great spirits uh, and, and, that and made fight it clear, should man. be a lot of fun. It should be that great. Should be a lot and, of fun. And he's got the expectations. Cody Stamen's a guy that definitely has the talent, man. But he's always been a little bit short. Yeah. Um, all right, and then let's talk hey, about the main about height. Wow. Did you just make a short show? Coming up a Did little bit short a... in the biggest opportunities. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, uh, and the main card kicks off with Benil Darius versus Diego Fajardo, which, by the way. Holy cow, this could be a fantastic fight as well, yeah. man. This is potential fight of the night type. So two of the most underappreciated, underrespected guys in the division, two guys on fantastic win streaks that have put together incredible results. I'm telling you right now, I believe this main card is going to be absolute fire. 
Um, and uh, I just always love hearing from Benil Darius, man. He's one of, like I, don't get me wrong. You should go check out what Diego Vajeda had to say too. He's a super yeah. nice guy. Oh, he's but, so good. But but these are two of the nicest dudes on the planet, man. But uh, I, I just I feel like I'm always obligated to to, to uh, share what Benil has to say because every time he talks, like I walk away just feeling like inspired and like my heart's all warmed and everything. And he uh, he, he definitely gives off that vibe. So here, here's Benil Darius. Benil, I know you're literally like the nicest human being on the face of the planet, but I got to ask you, what are your feelings towards Charles Oliveira right now? I don't know. I don't really, uh, man. Um, I'm never gonna hate a fighter for for wanting more for himself and trying to get more for himself. So it is what it is, you know. I uh, I'm over it. I'm just now looking to. Uh, I'm just looking forward to Saturday. Um, Charles has been with the company for so long. It's not like he doesn't deserve it. I, my frustrations was more over the fact that I, I jumped in short notice, didn't take a break, stayed in camp just in case he wanted to go back in and things like that. But I got better. I got better in the training. I, I, you know, the most important thing as far as my career goes is improving. The day I stop improving, I, I stop fighting, you know. So I'm over it. I'm, I'm uh, God bless him. Best, uh, hopefully best for him. I, I hear possible title shot, something like that. Yeah, good for him. Great. Uh, I'll be seeing him all soon. I like it. Was there any disappointment, I guess, that they couldn't find somebody else for you before now? Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I, um, was August 7th I fought? I can't remember. Um, and August 8th, I got a text message from Sean Shelby. My phone was being weird, so I didn't actually get the text till later on, but... Uh, I got a text from Sean saying like, hey, possibly fighting Charles. And, I, and uh, Ali called me, my manager, and I said, yes, let's, let's go, you know. So from August all the way to today, no, no vacations, no breaks. I've been, uh, I've been just training, and it's been two-a-days and sprints and all that good stuff. So I uh, would have liked to fight earlier, but I'm not complaining. Yeah. Alicia got a fight now, right? So the yeah. chance. Of, what, what did you think? I mean, the rematch. I mean, it, it seemed kind of a weird fight to put together, but at the same time, you guys are both, you know, kind of climbing your way up. So, I think, I think it makes sense in terms of uh, seeing who's the best, who's the best in the world. He's on a streak. I'm on a streak. Um, I just thought it would make more sense a little bit further down the line. For example. Uh, there's guys who are like one and one in the top five or top seven or own one or own two, whatever. So why not let us have a turn with those guys, like both for both Diego and myself? Uh, we, you know, we fight one of those guys. You know, rankings change or don't change, and then we fight each other, so maybe closer to the title. <coughs> that made more sense to me. But again, uh, one of the best guys in the world. I'm not. I'm not looking past him. Uh, right now, my whole career is about uh, Carlos Diego. Yeah. Does it feel like you guys are in similar positions? I mean, because I think like you two guys are probably like two of the most underappreciated guys in the division. You know, for what you've been able to establish in your career, and maybe not getting the respect that you deserve. For sure. I, I, I'm not. I'm going to speak on just uh, Carlos. Think about it. He fought Rustam. Everybody's like, Rustam's the guy. Then he went and fought Merbeck. They're like, no, 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 Merbeck's the guy. This is the guy, you know, who's going to stop these guys, you know. And then he beat them both. And 
he did it dominantly. It wasn't like, you know, maybe the Merback fight was a little bit closer, but he he dominated those fights. He had a great fight, and then they put Pettis in front of him, and he just walked through Pettis. He really did. Like I, I don't I don't even know if Pettis landed more than a couple of shots. He, Pettis had maybe a, maybe 30 seconds of that fight. So, like, he's got to be feeling it. I know I'm feeling it, but being underappreciated by everybody's fine with me. You know, I, I've kind of lived that way. And I, I'm, you know, I'm a devout Christian. My, the idea is uh, you fight for the audience of one. I, I have God-given talent, so I want to take that talent, multiply it, and give it back. That's, that's, that's how it should be as a Christian athlete. So that's, that's where I'm at. Is it ever hard for you to, to stay true to that? Because you see, like, man, man, maybe, maybe if I try to talk a little trash or something, you know? I'm a hypocrite. I mean, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm a hypocrite, man. Because, like, I say that right now, but I, I'm, I, man, I, I've had so many thoughts of, like, I'm just going to call this guy out and say this and this and this because I'm so pissed right now or this. And the, so, like, I, I'm telling you what I should be, but I'm also a hypocrite. I, I, I'm not perfect, man. I, I, I have that feeling all the time. There's times where I, when, when Charles pulled out and I kept seeing him call out Tony Ferguson, I was getting so frustrated. I was like, dude, you're saying you have this issue, but then you want to fight Tony. And, you know, again, for me, it always goes back. Pick up your dang Bible and start reading it so you understand what you're made for, what, what your pur- purpose is. And it's not, it's not to go after people because they didn't give you attention. It's, that's not my purpose. You know, my, I, I have a purpose. Uh, I have a God-given path, and that's what I want to be on. So that's where I'm at. That's awesome. As far as the matchup itself, I mean, tactically, you guys have both changed quite a bit, I imagine. But is there, is there any kind of, like, mental edge or something going in there against a guy you've, you know, fought before? I feel like the mental edge would be for him because, like, he wants – this is an opportunity. This is a win-win situation for him, you know, I think. But who knows? Um, for me – I do not want to go one and one. I I mean it. Like one of the biggest motivators, and uh, sometimes I think it's it's a stupid motivator. But it, one of the biggest motivators, I don't want to be one and one with him. I want to make sure everybody knows I'm the most dominant guy. Like this 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 fight should have never been booked. Um, that's you know I want Sean Shelby to be like, man, I, I screwed up. I shouldn't have booked this fight. This this was a mismatch. That's how I want it to be. I, I want them to be like, crap. We just need to put this guy for the title. Like everything is a mismatch. That that's that's my mindset. And uh, are you think you collect a bonus here and put it toward the social project? Is that the plan? Ah, uh, listen. I'm not trying to go out there and be a bonus machine. I'm telling you guys this now. It's just happening. It's it really is like. I was the, earlier. Somebody asked me like, "Oh, game plan." Blah, blah, blah. I was like, "Dude, I'm a grappler. I, I am. I know I can strike. Yes, I can. But like, grappling is my first instinct. And whether it's Diego, Charles, Habib, doesn't matter. You will see me engage in grappling. You will see me looking for the takedown. But for some reason, it, lately it's been like, "All right, it's not working." <laughs> Maybe try the hands. Oh, okay, it worked. Cool. It's been like that, but I'm, there's no secret to me. I, I'm 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 as uh, simple as they get. A B C. I, I, it starts with grappling for me. Nice. Last thing for me. I mean, obviously, this is you're, you're, like you said. You're all focused on this, but do you have goals for this year? Like where you want to see your career be? Okay. So a little bit tricky for me. Um, I want to fight now, and my wife's pregnant. We're 
19 weeks. I would say we're halfway. I think we're halfway. Uh, we're halfway there. So my baby comes in June. You won't see me for a while. I, you know, I'm going to be spending some time with my uh, daughter. So April or May is ideal. And that's, that's my goal. And as far as what I'm going to get or like the title shot, I could care less. I, I, I know Max Holloway had to go 10 and, uh, 10 and 0. He had to win 10 fights in a row to get it. So I'm not going to sit here and uh, complain. I, I've, I've seen what other fighters have gone through. So I, I, I just don't like to make myself the victim. It's not, it's not a good mentality. So you said April for the next fight, roughly, and then we won't see you fight again until next year? I would like to fight three times this year. So I would like to go either April, late April or mid-May. Yeah, mid-May. A little scary mid-May. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then maybe like end of the year. I would like to fight November or December. And, and this is all, you know, uh, man makes plans, but God lays down the foundation. God lays down the steps. So if God willing, it works out cool. But if not... Maybe I just fight two times this year or, or, or once this year. We'll see. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not too worried about it. The way I've been training, I have a feeling I'm going to fight a lot this year because, man, I, I didn't even have a break, and I enjoyed my not break, whatever that was. I enjoyed going from straight from uh, fighting Scott back into sprints, which was really weird. But right now I'm surrounded by so many good guys, and it just, it just helps. You said that you've been training constantly since basically August That's what I was worried about. Yeah, I was genuinely worried about that. Like, it's a real thing, you know. Uh, I've had it before, but uh, lately it's been the opposite, man. The, lately it's been the opposite. I, I woke up doing two a days waiting for Charles, and I didn't get Charles, so everybody's like, oh, you must be bummed. You, you, you got Diego, the guy. You, I was like, no, I'm actually pretty – I don't know what it is, man, but I'm, I'm on fire, and I thank the Lord for it, you know. I, uh, I can't wait to fight. I, it's, it's weird because – Normally, fight week, I'm cutting weight, my mouth is dry, I can barely speak, but today, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good, I can talk about it, I, I, I want to just fight, like, I just want Saturday to come, and normally, it's not like that for me, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm not the kind of guy who's just like, oh, I'm not scared, I'm terrified, I'm terrified of every day when it comes to fight week, because there's, there's so much emotions in it, but for some reason, I'm still terrified, but I have an easier time overcoming that fear lately. So I'm, 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 I'm just really, really excited for, Friday, uh, for uh, Saturday. Are you more terrified about fighting or having a kid? <laughs> Shoot, I think my kid. I, I'm going to have a girl, you know. And uh, they say girls with their daddy, they just take over. So I'm, uh, she's going to be a daddy's girl. And... I'm going to get wrapped around, you know, she's going to wrap me around her fingers or whatever they, they say. So I think that's, that's, that's my biggest fear. How do I keep my child disciplined, but at the same time, you know, make sure I, she knows she's loved. All right, so there you go, Benil Darius. By the way, if, if you aren't sure exactly what I was getting at with the Charles Oliveira situation, so Benil Darius was supposed to fight Charles Oliveira. Oliveira had to withdraw from the fight. That was back in, I believe, October was when that was scheduled. Um, and from my understanding of talking to them behind the scenes, basically they were told that uh, Charles was having some personal issues that he needed to deal with and that he, he just wasn't in the right mind frame to fight. Um, so maybe they could delay the fight or, or what have you. 
And then about a week later, uh, Charles Oliveira starts calling out Tony Ferguson and, of course, you know, ends up getting that fight and is now in title talk. And I think Benil and his team were just like, yo, bro, what, what happened? What happened? I, I, thought, I thought you needed to get out of this for some personal reasons, and now you're, you know, which, you know, hey, man. 100,000 personal reasons. <laughs> 200, Put on your hustle, man. Put on your hustle. Do what you got to do. But I think, I, you know, and, 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 and not that I was trying to, you know, bait Benil Darius into talking trash because he never will. But I did wonder if, like, as great of a guy as he is, if that's the one person that he's just like, yeah, you know what? I don't like that guy very much, you know. But uh, And he did say that a little bit, but he, uh, you know, he basically just, was classy, classy Benil Darius, as you would expect. I'm telling you, this main <laughs> card is going to be fire. Cole Coffee, I want to ask you one more thing outside of USC Fight Night 184. Stephen A. Smith's comments uh, yeah. about why, about not wanting to watch women fight. I want to know what you thought about him, and I, I'm sure by now most people have have read the comments that they're they're out there. Um, but he, he said that. He said he doesn't like seeing women involved in pugilistic sports at all. Uh, he said he wouldn't prohibit it, but he doesn't like to watch it. Um, and, you know, that uh, – first of all, he also said that he never wants to see a woman fighting a man, which I just thought was dumb. I, I don't – I've literally never – I mean, it has happened a couple times over the years, but I've never heard people calling for like, you know what we really need to do is get this intergender division. We, Henry Cejudo's got to come out and defend his title, yeah. baby. we got to get the intergender champ uh, going. Don't, don't get Mike Perry started. Don't get Mike Perry started on it. But I, I want to say, I mean – I, to me, I thought the comments were dumb, but I, the thing I wanted to point out about this was was two things: is that a, I think that line of thought is a lot more prevalent than you might want to think. You know, yeah. I've I've always said I know that we're all hardcore MMA fans, but don't forget, um, MMA is still kind of a niche sport, and it's definitely you know gaining a lot more foothold than it's than it's ever had. I mean, it continues to grow, but don't forget, there's always going to be people who just don't like watching two people punch each other in the face. And don't forget that even on top of that, there's people that just don't want to see women punching each other in the face. And I don't agree with that sentiment at all, Yeah. but I, I do think it's a more common belief than you might want to think. I think that, that Stephen A. Smith's opinion is probably shared by more than, than you want <sighs> to know. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is this, and, he, and here's the <laughs> here's the hard part. There's a big part of me that believes we shouldn't even address it. We shouldn't even acknowledge it. And I know it's on MMA Junkie. And I know why it's on MMA Junkie. I didn't particularly write it. Um, I'm not faulting the person that did write it. It got a lot of – it's one of our most viewed stories. So it's one of those huge uh, kind of – I don't want to say moral debates. But, yeah, a big part of me just wishes nobody – like, why do we care what Stephen A. Smith has to say? Why do any of us in MMA care – what Stephen A. Smith has to say, but I can tell you that when we write about it, it's one of the most traffic pieces in MMA, yeah. and we do have bills to pay. We do, we do have, you know, I, we're not clickbait, but when we know that something is going to be discussed, we, we put it up on the site. And a big part of me says I wish we wouldn't, yeah. but I completely understand why, why, why we should. So I don't know. I want to get your thoughts because a, I think that Stephen A. Smith's comments and his opinion are probably more prevalent in society than we think but b i i kind of think we just shouldn't give two shits at all yeah what he has to say and we really really shouldn't but one this is a guy that even the ufc has used him for for voiceover stuff well, that They've is used true him. so he that is, is true unfortunately even though he is a, an espn personality he has been 
tied to the sport by the organization itself. So it's hard to completely just ignore him because um, he does get used That's from time to point. time. That's actually a really good point. He is a, a he is a spokesman for the uh, well a spokesman in the sense that he is a representative. Maybe that's a better choice of words by being an employee of ESPN. He's which one is of their the biggest network. talking heads, he right? One He's of the, one of their faces. The, one of their biggest, most influential talking heads. Um, so you you have to sort of address it. And you're right, but when it comes down to it, um, there's a lot of people out there that one um, don't think women should have control of their own bodies. There's one that think women probably shouldn't make the same amount of money that men make as well. Right. There's a lot of people that think that women are are fragile, that they're not free thinkers, that women need to be provided for, that they need to be taken care of, and and can't possibly sustain themselves all on their own. All those thoughts are wrong. All those thoughts are completely asinine. Yes. So the fact of thinking that there is maybe um, – and, and it just sucks because it's weird because, like you said, I think the thought is out there that a lot of people think that women should fight because these are the same people that don't – aren't willing to put women um, – take them off – take – not say put them on a pestle, take them down. They are people. They are people just like you and me. They are equally as capable of doing all the other things. They want to fight. They want to do this. They want to have thoughts and phrase like, because I don't want somebody telling me what I need to do. Hell no. You know, about how I'm going to, what I'm going to do for a career, whatever. And that's the same thing for them. I mean, what makes you think that you could tell them? Because even if you grew up in a household where they're like, you know, Respect your 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 mother and your mother is this and that and you know blah 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 blah. That's all good, but that doesn't translate you to to try to say you know a woman can't fight if she wants to do it. That's like saying a woman can't. You can have a job, okay, but you can't choose this occupation because it doesn't make me comfortable. I'm not comfortable in myself <laughs> watching you have this occupation. Well, that's a great way to put it. Even outside that's of fighting, that's a great way to put it. That's that is what. This man is trying to tell he's trying to tell a woman she can't have an occupation that she chooses to want to have. And and it's completely asinine. It if a woman wants to be a fighter, go be a fighter. If a woman wants to be a firefighter, go be a fucking firefighter. If a woman wants to be a soldier, she wants to be a pilot. If she wants to be a doctor, she wants to be a librarian, she wants to be a teacher, go do all those things. Mm-hmm. Don't let some silly ass talking head who has his own subconscious issues with something change that just because he's not comfortable with it. <sighs> Stephen A. Smith <laughs> fires me up. You're on a roll in 2021. I am a fat, overweight dude that has no cardio, <laughs> but I swear to God, set that fucking fight up. I would fight Stephen A. Smith. and oh. I would probably have a heart attack before wouldn't that happen? But God damn it, watching his striking, I can strike better than that. <laughs> like, I'd, I pay, lo- I'd pay forty bucks to watch it on BKFC. Forty bucks would probably that would be it. All right, Stephen A. <laughs> Stephen A. You have a ninety nine percent chance that I'll have a heart attack before the end of the first round. <laughs> but damn it, if you know, fuck it, let's fight for women's <laughs> rights to do it. But whatever, that's just it's just silly. But when you think of it in the sense of. Here's a man that's not comfortable with the women going out and choosing her own occupation. You're fucking stupid. I agree. Back and, uh, off. Dude, I loved I loved Yuani and Jacek's uh, response. I thought it was fantastic. And it's true. Look, Zhang Wiley versus Yuani and Jacek was our fight of the year at, at, at MMA Junkies. That fight was so good. So amazing. So, I mean, it th- you think about the timing of him to say that. I mean, that was one of the greatest <sighs> fights we've ever seen, you know. And, uh, yeah. 
you know, there was a... Oh, God. I don't know. There's so many ways you could think... There was a point in time <clears throat> when people would say, I'm not comfortable with a person like Stephen A. Smith getting on TV, taking a microphone. How dare you try to tell another person that they can't follow their dreams? Back the fuck off. Well it's said, just, dude. It's just... It's so ridiculous. I mean, I get it. If you're not comfortable, that's fine. But realize that you are in a position where, unfortunately, like the last big orange guy that just got voted out, people will follow your fucking madness. Don't spread madness. Find, you know, think this is more about you and your own self being uncomfortable with something. Address that, but don't bring people down the fucking rabbit hole with you. Mm. Cold coffee, man. Unreal. Just, I'm just, I'm just standing and applauding <laughs> right here, man. Just well, bring uh, some power, dude. I love it. I love I, it. I just, I, I, you know, it's funny because like yesterday was the that like we said that national women's sport, and I want to address that. In Twitter, a lot of people were hating on the four pictures that we, uh, and I'm gonna go, about, I'm gonna bring y'all behind they? the curtain. What happened? So there were four pictures that we, uh, that Simon put out, or I think it was Simon that put out the tweet, or what about the, uh, our, we put out the national women in sports. Right, right. There were four pictures. We put Nunes. Uh, uh, Zhang Wiley, Rose Namajunas, and um, it wasn't Zingano, was it? No, 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 it was um, I can't, I can't remember who the who the fourth one was. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people are like, oh, why didn't you didn't put Valentina? You didn't put this. Valentina was one of the ones, but the whole thing of where the why he chose the pictures was was that it was national. Women in Sports Day, right. not international. So he started wondering, well, if all these women, these we champs, that sure put we in, have at least one. we had, we wanted that. He wanted to make sure he had Americans up there. Right. So he swapped out. I think Valentina and with, somebody with, with Nama Yunus. with Nama Yunus and uh, God, I'd have to pull up the the picture to to remember who it was. Um, but and then people were just hating on it. It's like, guys, the sentiment. You know, I get it. That's what you're funny. trying to say. It wasn't about like, hey, champions. Women in Wait, we're not picking the four greatest we women right now. We picking the four greatest or whatever. But That's interesting. I so, did see that discussion. Where so if anybody what? saw that tweet you know, and we're like, man, why didn't they do this? That's what it was. It's the fact that it wasn't like it was international. So we wanted to make sure that he put Americans. That's probably the same guy know, that sent the email about Paige. That's probably the same person that was really, really <laughs> upset about Paige. Oh, man. All right, listen. Uh, I'll run through the prelims real quick. Danilo Margus versus Mike Rodriguez. Uh, former Eli Morgan wrestling coach Justin James stepped in on short notice to take on Devontae Smith. That could be a banger. Jocelyn Edwards looks to follow up her impressive USC debut against Carol Hosa. Molly McMahon, the meatball, is back in action against Laura Procopio. Sunwong Choi versus Yusef Zalao. Circle that one on the prelims, man. I think that's going to be an absolute banger. Martin Day steps in on short notice against Timor Valiev, who I still believe, even though he came up short last time out, Timor Valiev is a, uh, a, a, a really talented guy. So I'm anxious to see if he can rebound from that. Then Ode Osborne versus Jerome Rivera kicks things off. It is USC Fight Night 184. Cold Coffee will be there. I will be there. We will have full coverage at MMA Junkie. Mm. I will be inside the Apex. I'll you, be in the tent. You'll be in the media tent talking to all the winners <laughs> all night long. I'll be out there at the very end. And, of course, afterwards, if you head on over to Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, we'll have the and a half edition over there. <laughs> we'll have you taken care of. So uh, we look forward to talking about it all after the fights. In the meantime, thanks for listening.